I'm willing to do it, you know, but it's just, I know it's going to be fucking hard because I love sugar. You know what? Charter a boat. We'll go out. We'll go out to sea and I'll, I'll be with you when you throw sugar overboard. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. How are you? (sighs) How are you? I'm doing okay. This podcast almost didn't happen because one of two things happened. I packed a microphone and a cord and my laptop in the podcast recorder all in my bag. Either I left the microphone and cord back on the West Coast Mm -hmm. or it's possible that even though I always ask the TSA, do I have to take out all of my electronics? And this time they said no, just anything laptop or bigger. But it's possible that they took it out to look at it and didn't put it back in my bag. But either way, when I went to get set up for the podcast today, I did not have a microphone and a cord. So shout out to Matt Debenham, who drove around this little town in Cape Cod looking for a microphone and cord so that we could Where did he find one? At Charlie's Music Store. Oh, my God. Charlie, shout out to Charlie (laughs) and Matt. Shout out to Charlie. Um, Charlie and Matt making podcast <laughs> dreams come true. Thank goodness. Truly. Yeah. Um, well, we've got some time to talk. <laughs> we've got a guest today. We've got Krista Miller joining us, who is my co-star from Cougar Town, but is on Shrinking now on Apple and, um, that's a great show. It's a great show. Yeah. She, um, Ashley Nicole Black was a writer on Shrinking. Um, and so I tuned in for my friend because I wanted to see what she was working on. And then I just ended up enjoying I think that it. That's, I think that's really what I always try to do. I always try to tune in for a friend. Yeah. Yeah. I tuned in for my friend. Yeah. I didn't even know Ashley was on it. I mean, as a writer. Um, but I tuned in for my friend, Krista. Yes. And um, and I stayed because I liked it. See, that's how you know it's good because you tune in to check it out because your friend works on it. And then if you stay, that means it's There good have been stuff. shows where I've only watched one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Or like, like one episode and then I'm like, meh. Sometimes I, I give it yet. three, like I feel like, oh, that's nice. you know, that that's really giving it a fair shake. And then there have been other shows where I've only given it three and then people are like, no, the fourth episode is where it really gets good. And then I'm like, but nowadays seasons are only eight episodes long. So you can't really take half the season to get good, you know? No, you really can't. You got to get good immediately. Immediately. I, um, speaking of television, I guess, <laughs> I just... I just got back. I spoke at the WGA rally at yes. 30 Rock yes. today. Um, I met your friend. Bonnie. Who, Bonnie, who had gotten in touch with me via you. Yes. And um, and I gave a little speech, and I think it was good. How did it go? It went well? I think so. I get weird, though, man. Like, I just get so... Oof. Anytime I do, and it's so interesting. I just like I'm noticing things about myself, right? Yeah. Like, I guess that's all we have to do, any of us, really. <laughs> um, but like, anytime I do anything where it's like public speaking is involved, yeah, and I'm kind of like, and I'm putting myself out there, no matter what it is, I get kind of like overwhelmed 
and like it makes me afterwards I like feel really bad about myself. I don't know what that means exactly. Huh. I but don't... I feel but I always am like I I never leave these things feeling like yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, I nailed it. Okay. I only always all the stuff, the abortion stuff, like anytime I'm I literally always leave thinking like, oh God, I hope that that was okay. And I hope no one's mad at me. Like, do you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's so weird. I get like this weird anxiety. I was going to say- After the fact. It, it sounds like anxiety. Right. I, no, it is for sure. But it's yeah. like, it doesn't happen before. It only happens after. Well, that's interesting. Not that, it's not a direct correlation. I get very nervous public speaking and I just feel like all of the air has gone out of my body and like I'm not making noise, like I'm not pushing out enough noise, um, which I know is anxiety. And then I just, I've, I'm just glad it's over. I'm just relieved it's over right. and I never know what happened. It's like I blacked out and someone else did it. Um, and I, people have to tell me what happened, like what I said or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I worked on Watch What Happens Live, which was live at 11 p.m., Mm-hmm. sometimes I would get anxiety after the show was already over that a mistake had been made in the show that happened live. I would just fixate on one detail and worry right. that it, that like Andy had said something wrong or like that right, right. there was a mistake in a graphic or something. And I would like make myself insane. And then I would have to like, go and watch back the episode to make sure. And sometimes like I was right. Sometimes, you know, mistakes happen, especially on a live show. But uh, more often than not, there was no mistake. And it was just like a thing. And I did it like probably three out of five nights a week. And I know that's just like some anxiety thing. So I feel like that's similar in a way. I think so. I don't know why. Like it is just so... I don't know what it is. It's just anxiety. I know. It's probably, right. honestly, it probably has like a biological, a biological reason, like probably some type of hormone or some type of impulse builds up in your body mm. and mm-hmm. then needs like a channel and the channel that it goes down is like, I fucked up, you know? Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. know, but yes. I, I just feel like if it regularly happens, it's not, you know, it's not situational. This seems like it's like a similar thing that keeps repeatedly happening for a similar circumstance. So, yeah, but it's mostly just activism stuff. Yeah. So weird. I get that. I get that. Well, I think because it means a lot to you. And so right. like the, the probably like the pressure to do well activates a whole bunch of things inside of you and then your body recognizes whatever is inside of you after it's over and then like kind of like lets it out through like a toxic channel (laughs) you know like it's true I don't know I don't know obviously I haven't like done a ton of public activism speaking but I think that that thing with watch what happens live is similar where I just panic that something had been wrong and that, like, I just wanted to, you know, pass out over it. Yeah. That's kind of like what, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what I feel like. Yeah. Um, how have you, how are you doing there? I know so many people have been reaching out and um, 
It was really nice. The memorial service for Casey's mom was this past Sunday, a couple of days ago. And um, it was nice how many people reached out just to me even Aww. to say they were sending you love and um, and that it looked so beautiful and it was so nice and... It really was beautiful. I'm so it glad really that was. I'm so glad that we were able to do it um and that we decided to do it and I'm so grateful to uh Captain John Brink of the Hyannis Whale Watchers Cruises. Um I want to make sure that I'm saying that right. Um because honestly like in the middle of planning all this he lost his dad too. Um, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. And Hyannis Whale Watcher Cruises. Yeah. And so it was interesting because I was feeling like in a way like, oh, shoot, I'm burdening him with like my thing that I want to do. And, you know, and he's going mm-hmm. through his own thing. But I think he said like, you know, it was kind of therapeutic for him to like go through it. And oh, there's a ship blowing in the background. Um uh, I think he, you know, he said it was kind of therapeutic for him, uh, to go through everything. And, and I was just expecting it to be like a whale watch cruise. Like, you know, maybe you've been on, on like a school field trip or whatever, but he really did the whole thing. Like he spoke to yeah. everyone. He knew my mom, um, because she loved, uh, birding and she was always out on the water and she went on his whale watch cruise a million times. And he like, he did it like better than any pastor or priest probably could have. And he just like, he's a captain of a boat and that is poetic and amazing, um, in its own way. But he was also like very, a very poetic speaker and, um, just said so many wonderful things and uh, also just was so kind to everyone and so patient with us as we figured out like what you're supposed to do to have kind of like a funeral on a whale watch cruise, which was, it was, it was a lot, but it was good. Busy brought so many cold cuts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. So you listen to the podcast, you at home. And um, remember when we were talking a couple weeks ago and Casey was like having the realization that things were really hard for her and she wasn't sure what she was doing. And I was like, what I'm going to just... And then she's like, I don't even know what to do. So then I was like, cold cuts. Like people need, they need meats and cheeses on a four (laughs) hour whale watch memorial service. (laughs) Um, And so... I got Kirsten on it. And then the next thing I know, we used how many people were coming. Yeah. But like, boy, did we really get some platters (laughs) of cold cuts and hummus and vegetables and fruit. I swear to you when that, when the trunk opened and (laughs) Kirsten was like, it's a lot. And I was like, oh my God. Thankfully, the boat was big. There were a ton of people there. There were- yes. Almost 200 people there. Yeah. I feel, well, I don't know if it was 120 and something. Yeah. 100 and something. Um, I didn't even really like make a final count or whatever. Um, just because here's one thing that I realized. And like, I'm not, if anyone that I love that this was you and me, like, I'm not talking about you. I just realized that when I'm doing an event and people like 
message me the day before or the morning of or an hour before the event that they are not going to be able to make it, I get super anxious because then I'm like, that means no one's coming. You know what I mean? Right. So I actually, yes, very much. Mm -hmm. As I was saying to Matt, I was like, if people just didn't even come, I probably wouldn't even notice. You know what I mean? Like I'll be so busy with who did come or whatever. It just makes me really anxious. And it's just like another thing that you have to emotionally deal with or whatever. So anyway, yeah. um, After I started to get like a couple of like people that said they were coming, but then they couldn't, then I just was like, oh, I'm not even going to like keep track of who's here or not. And that's the best way to go because I was like so happy with who was there and it was so great to see everyone. Um, Yeah. So, and you were there and that meant so much to me. I was there with the cold cuts. You were there with the cold cuts. Our Emily Beebe came all the way from Los Angeles. I mean, she really, she really hustled also because she had asked if she could fly into a closer airport and I asked her to fly into New York so that she could drive with me because I didn't want to drive alone. Well, thank God she did because you guys ran into like a Scooby-Doo style, uh, when terrible you, downpour of rain that halted your trip. When I tell you that it was Scooby-Doo to the max, <laughs> Casey, <laughs> there was this semi-truck cab. It didn't have like a back to it. Okay. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it's yeah. Just it, was, the cab it wasn't and then hauling it has, anything. Like, that, yeah. It was not, there was nothing on the back of it. It was just the cab. Yeah. There was no truck to it. Right that didn't have lights or something on the back or the lights weren't working. Oh, you guys, God. when I tell you it was like a torrential downpour that made visibility scary. Yeah. Also, East Coast people will understand. My West Coast people, if you haven't driven on the East Coast, you do not understand this because I never understood it until I spent time on the East Coast. Like... It's all wooded. It already feels like a horror movie. Yeah, it's already haunted. Because it's like a two-lane highway. You know, it's like... Yeah. Or it's like two lanes each way. Yeah. Separated by a small median that's just like trees on both sides of you. Not a lot of light. Yeah. Then there's this ghost truck that kept just like... <laughs> I was so scared about the ghost truck. Oh, no. Um, what was weird? It, like, why wasn't... Why didn't he have any lights on? What was he doing? I don't know. But then we saw ghost ghost truck took a turn toward Boston and we were going the other way. And so thankfully, but then we were scared that we were going to run into another ghost truck. But it was just like the rain was so bad. Yeah. And I we were still like an hour and a half outside of where we were trying to get to Cape Cod where we were trying yeah. to get to. And I was just like, we have to, I can't keep driving. Like, we have to stop. Yeah. And so we looked at Providence, Rhode Island. Right. And we tried to book hotels at these two hotels that I knew I've stayed at before that were like cute places. Nothing's available. Everything's sold out. We called. It's like 9 at 9.30 at night. Oh, God. Whatever. But there are some like big hotels in Providence as well. So Emily was like, just pick which one and I'll put it in the GPS and I was like, just go to the, I don't know, go to the Renaissance. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. So we pull up. And if you guys watch my Instagram stories, you know that this story. And I'm sorry. But Casey, you don't know this story. It do you? Oh, yeah. We t- I told, yes. I told you. I told yes, you. Yes. Yes. 
I saw you after. Yeah. So we're so we pull in. I'm like a little bit like my nerves are a little frayed at this moment because of the driving in torrential downpour for three hours that I had been doing before. Yeah. Um, we pull into this hotel and these ladies, Emily gets out of the car first because she's in the passenger seat. Of course, I'm like getting things, making sure that the key is there, whatever. And these ladies are like looking into my car and smiling and like, like as if they were waiting for me. It was so weird. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. And I sort of noticed them right as I was like get, exiting the car. And they're like, busy. Oh my God. Hi. Oh, I'm so, oh, it's like, da, 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 da. and I was like, you know, just like d- chitter chattering. And right. I was just like, what? Oh, hi. Hi. It's good. Okay. Nice to see you. And then we go in and there's like a lady in the lobby. It's like, busy. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Emily, and then go to the bar. Emily went to the bar. I went and checked in, AKA asked for a room for the yeah. night. Yeah. The lady was like, also, so like, ooh, I'm going to give you a key to the free breakfast floor for our, <laughs> you know, whatever, points members. But yeah. I, don't, I don't have any points there. Um, and then I went to the like restaurant bar and met Emily and these ladies, this woman, Nora came over and she was, she was pretty toasty. Um, <laughs> and she was very excited to talk to me. And then her friends came over and the, the, she's like, see, it's busy, Phillips. We knew it was you. And her friends were like, okay, Nora, come on. <laughs> but she was so cute. She was so nice. And Emily was like, did you know you're the most famous person in Providence? And I was like, I had no idea. <laughs> No, it, this is insane. I've never oh been God. recognized more. And then we were like looking around and I'm like, this is like kind of a wild crowd, like 11 p.m. I mean, I guess it's a Saturday night, but like who yeah. goes to hang out at a hotel bar? Because these people all seemed like locals. It didn't seem like they were like travelers, you know, <laughs> right, staying in the right, hotel. Right. We just didn't understand what was happening. And the valet, when we got there, was like really crowded um, it looked like something had just ended, like some sort of event had just ended. Anyway, so the next morning, <laughs> I went up to the free breakfast floor. I was trying yeah. to let Emily sleep a little because she was so jet lagged from the West yeah. Coast. And I was catching up on my stories, <laughs> aka Instagram stories of my friends, because as as you do in the morning over coffee, and I get to Ray Padilla, Raymond's stories. And he has the geotag or whatever of Providence. Yeah. And then I look at the him outside of the theater that he and Heather McMahon were playing at the night before, <gasps> 14 hours earlier or whatever. Oh, my God. And I'm like, that looks just like my hotel. That is the hotel. <laughs> the theater is attached to the hotel. That's insane. They literally had played a show and then it had just gotten out as we pulled up to (laughs) the hotel. Is that so weird? That is so weird. I mean, such a weird Um, coincidence. Such a weird coincidence. And um, neither one of them seemed to particularly care when I tried to reach out to them about it. I mean, okay, fine. It's just whatever. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was so fucking funny. And they were just like, like Ray just sent me back to emojis. (laughs) That is a wild coincidence. I think that's so funny. 
Huh. A wild coincidence. And then Emily and I were given a room that was really funny. And the number of the room was 436. Right. Which was the house number of the apartment that we lived at together, like the duplex that we lived at together when we were in our early 20s, 436 Orange. And then Emily didn't think that was a I don't amazing know, coincidence either. I just feel like I was like, the universe, guys, the universe and everybody around me was like things. shrugging. Yeah. And the un- everybody was just like, yeah, oh, well. Well, don't. I'm like, guys, how crazy. Yeah. You know. Heather was like, you should come to the Radio City Music Hall show in June, which I would love to, but I actually don't think I'm going to be here. Uh, well, I know. that's kind of a big deal, Heather's playing Radio City. That's incredible. No shit. Huge. <laughs> so exciting. Well, and Ray's opening for her. I think they're having amazing. a great time. It seems like they're having a really good time on that, tour. That's really great. I just am following around, following along on Instagram stories like I do with everything. <laughs> well, I think it's a wild coincidence. And I'm so grateful that you drove through that dangerous rainstorm. That was a lot. Well, was- I just, yeah, I just felt like, I don't know, at a certain point I was like, this is, I'm just going to make a call here. Like, I'm just going to stop and we can just sleep here tonight. And yeah, because it's not that much. It wasn't that much further. Right. But it felt like just scary enough that I was like, why risk it? Why not just wake up in the morning? It'll be, it's not raining tomorrow. Right. Wake up in the morning. Thank goodness it didn't rain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. It was a beautiful day. Wait, I want to talk a little bit more about it. Listen, guys, I don't know about you. We're talking about just getting back onto a track. Getting back, <laughs> get back, getting back into a track where you're just like a little bit you have healthy groceries that yes. make eating well, actually cooking at home, enjoyable cooking at home, enjoyable. And Hungry Root has really helped me with that. Because it's the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They have healthy groceries, simple recipes all in one place. You take a quiz. You know we love a quiz. We love a quiz. Hungry Root wants to get to know you and your goals and how you like to eat and what flavors you like and what kitchen appliances are your favorite to use and which ones do you never use. And then they build a cart for you and they recommend groceries based on your tastes. And you can take their suggestions or you can just choose anything you want. And they've got produce, high quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, and much more. So, you know, it's like, it's basically like a combination of a grocery delivery service and a meal kit plan. Well, because you get these little recipes that are very easy to follow and you have all of the items because they've sent them to you because they have figured out what it is that you're going to try to eat this week. Right. Then plus all kinds of little snacks and things that you can put away in your cabinets for when you need them. It's really great. It has really been such a helpful thing in my house because the recipes truly are very easy. Like I've had meal kit plans where they're really very time-consuming and labor-intensive to put together, but not so with Hungry Root, and they're delicious. I mean, let me tell you something. For me, I have said this before vis-a-vis Hungry Root, which is like, I find it very difficult in New York City to grocery shop. I just do. It's just hard for me. 
So yeah. when this came along and showed up at my door and then I was like, oh, and I can just make this thing and it's super easy and I have everything. You still do the thing, which I right. like. I like right. doing the thing. <laughs> Chopping, putting things in to a pan. Yeah, you, yeah, you cook it. Cooking you it do up. It. You're the you're the chef, but I'm it's the, not I like hard. Being the chef, but it's not hard. That's what I like the best. <laughs> um, anyway, it's made my life so much easier, um, and Thank I you. highly recommend it. Right now, Hunger Root is offering Busy Phillips is doing her best listeners thirty percent off your first delivery and free veggies for life. What? Just go to hungryroot.com/busy to get thirty percent off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com/slash busy. Don't forget to use our link so that they know that we sent you. You're going to love it. Have you been traveling with your athletic greens, Casey? Yes. Yes. Those little athletic greens travel packs are everything. And they've been coming in clutch, haven't they? (laughs) Yes. Because when you're traveling, it's so hard to eat like a regular person. It's so hard. Why? But it just is. It just is. So thank goodness for Athletic Greens that I'm like actually getting some nutrition into my body. I know. Well, listen, guys, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Athletic Greens is our partner because they have a product that we use literally daily for years now. For years now. I started using Athletic Greens because I saw a a, a doctor who recommended that I take 47 vitamins, minerals, supplements... (laughs) adaptogens. And I was like, dude, I cannot. And he was like, try it for a day. You can. And I tried it for a day and I took three. <laughs> and then athletic- he had you on shifts. He was saying, do it throughout yeah, the day. Do it throughout the day. And then I literally, I, I did, I took three, three first thing in the morning and then that was it. I was done. Um, but with one delicious scoop of athletic greens, I get and absorb 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help start my day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports gut health, nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Honestly, guys, you've heard us say it before, but it's lifestyle friendly. Whatever your lifestyle happens to be, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, and it tastes so Good. We love it. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And we are but two of them. <laughs> Plus, it's it's very cost-effective. It's less than $3 a day. So you're right. investing in your health. Vitamins are more expensive than that. And, you know, when you have to compile all those supplements and also who can do it? I can't. I couldn't even do it. But I can right. definitely drink... My little athletic greens. It's also cheaper than a latte. It's so true. So true. Listen, right now it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look after your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs, which we were just talking about. We love them. With your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash busy to take ownership over your health 
and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens. I don't know how much you wanted to like talk about the whale watch journey itself or yeah, I'll talk we're about- feeling like you didn't want to. That's, you know, like I, I don't know. I'll talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it just was really nice. You know, um, a couple of my cousins from separate areas of the family came in from Texas, which was really nice because I didn't expect to see them. And then just a ton of my mom's friends and uh, and former colleagues who stayed her friends. And um, it's just really nice. It was nice to get to hear about what other people thought of your loved one, you know, like it was, it was nice to it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting for them to share their experience of, of having your mom in their life. Um, so, so that was really good. And, uh, yeah. And it was just really beautiful. And I also, especially, I mean, I know a million times I've said, like, I want to thank my family, but like, my husband has just been clutch through this whole process. Like every time I've broken down um, with the exception of the cold cuts, like every time I've been like, I can't do this. He's like, I got it. I am doing it for you, which is like, this guy has a lot to do just in general. He's like the busiest guy. And he's just like, no, I got it. And I will say that like, it's also been really interesting to see my sons, like how they have mm-hmm. handled everything. Like I went to go pick up my mom's ashes and um, I honestly was like kind of freaked out about it. Like it's, I don't know, it just wasn't, it's not a thing that for me like made me feel any closer or anything to her or like who she was or whatever. And I know everybody feels differently. And I also have like a traumatic ashes story from my past, which I'll probably share someday, maybe in writing. I don't know, but it's kind of funny story maybe, but it also might be one of those stories that I tell that I think is hilarious. And other people are like, oh my God, that's terrible. But so anyway, I went to pick up my mom's ashes and I just had them like in the back of the car. And um, we knew that we wanted to scatter her ashes. But also I was like, I don't want to just like throw her ashes off a boat in the wind. Like that's going to, we're all going to be wearing my mom, you know? like Yeah. It, that sounds, I mean, I have to be honest. That yeah. is a thing that really freaks me out about that idea. Yeah. And so like I did, and I didn't want to have to get like ashes blown by the wind into my face. So anyway, my husband ordered something called a bio urn, which is like, uh, you know, it's like a biodegradable, almost like a paper mache type urn, um, that (laughs) when, and he, he ordered, like he did this without me even like knowing or looking at yeah Yeah. what he was ordering. And so he ordered this thing and it was like, well, you (laughs) You saw it. It was like a a big white, almost like a flying saucer. And then it had like a, like a seashell kind of like embossed on top of it, which is totally appropriate. But I thought it looked like a fried egg. And so my husband looked at the instructions and he was like, this is kind of like an art project. Like you have to put the ashes inside and then you have to glue it with this special glue and clamp it down. And I was like, 
I don't want to do that. Like I immediately, you know what I mean? Like I was like, I immediately know that I do not want to do that. And the boys were both like, oh, we want, we'll do it. We want to do it. And so it was just, it was interesting because then my instinct was like, you know, I have to just let them do this and let them be like adult men and do this and not like try to micromanage something that I don't want to even do. You know what I mean? So here I am like turning over this urn to them in this box of ashes and they're taking it in the pouring rain and I'm like biting my tongue saying like, don't let the rain get on it. Anyway, they did a perfect job of like sealing up. Like Lincoln texted me later and he said, Grammy's in her fried egg. <laughs> and he really like took charge of it. He really like guarded it and made sure because like if like water had gotten splashed on it. But then I was laughing because I, you helped him on the boat because the the boat crew said, oh, oh you, my can, God. you can put this here. It will be safe. But then the the journey was like a little rocky, like heading out to the spot where we were looking for whales. And Lincoln was very... um very concerned that the mm-hmm. fried egg was going to slide off and break open in the boat. And uh, so he was kind of standing there guarding it, but then it didn't like allow him to like mingle with people or whatever. And so you were, I think he told you about his concern he that, did. The, that yeah. the urn was going to fall down. And so you and Lincoln, <laughs> I just look over and you're like rigging up like garbage cans to be, <laughs> listen, we just... <laughs> You were like, that doesn't sound great. But what but what our thought process was that there was no like lip on the on, on the ledge like shelf. Yeah. On the ledge that the that the um eco-friendly Friday container urn. was was placed on. Right. But they did have like sort of these huge trash cans on the boat and I our thought was like if it were it felt very secure it felt like it wasn't moving but our I my thought was if it did somehow slide back it would just slide (laughs) it would slide into the garbage which would be like funny but it would also be safe and oh it it would be safe yeah. yeah it would be safe and we would be able to like deal with it in that way so yes we did that was what we were talking and, and, and it the, doesn't sound great when we're ta- when we're retelling it right now, but, no, but it trust me, me, the situ but how it was, it made the most sense. The it situation just it, it made the most called for protective garbage yeah. cans to surround yeah. this thing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But it was really, yeah. I mean, I you know, I have to say, like that I I know that it was like a special moment for you guys. It was just really beautiful. Like to be out there on the water and um and like when you decided that it was time to have Donna be with the whales <laughs> yeah um it was what you guys I'm just going to I'm just going to say it cuz yeah. it was like I don't know what you guys were talking as a family up yeah. front but like this group of whales are three yes. as John called them the whole day. This little grouping of these, and by the way, little, they were humpback whales. They were like 45 feet long. Um, But this grouping of these three whales got really close to the boat and they just stayed at the surface for that entire time that you guys, that you as a family were like up at the bow of the boat and then, um, you know, 
throwing the fried egg into the, <laughs> yes. you, know, you know, releasing the um, urn. Yeah. But like these whales were just, it was like really incredible because it, that behavior didn't happen after right. and it didn't happen before. Right. It was like they came up and they just were sort of like, it felt like they had reverence. Yeah, like for, they were waiting. Like they were waiting yeah. and that they were just like, okay, okay, we got this. We can be here and be witness to this and be, it was really beautiful and yeah. um, moving and really special. It was really, really special. Mm, yeah. I was just so happy. I was just so happy that there were whales there, you know, Um We've talked so much about whales on this podcast, but I was just really happy that they showed up on that day. You know, um, we've talked a lot about showing up too, you know, and, but these are like wild creatures. There's no guarantees. And, and this was the, the season hadn't even really started for the, for the whale watching. So they like started it up a little early for us so that we could do this. And so I just didn't know what to expect. And I was really just so happy um, because there was that moment with the three whales just kind of waiting, but there was like a ton of whale activity. And I think- Oh, the whale activity was strong. <laughs> I think Captain John even said, this isn't just a whale watch. It's a whale show. They're putting on a it show a whale for you show. They really yeah. were putting on a show. Yeah. So it was crazy. I was so happy. And also I was really happy to like turn around from the front of the boat. Captain John talked about, he said something in his little like uh, processional. Is that the right word? Uh, he said something as he was greeting everyone. He was talking about when he met my mother and he, uh, he spotted her out on a pier in terrible weather with a long lens on her camera. And he was like, this person's crazy. They must be a birder. And how they they met that day and how he would then see her on his uh, whale watching cruises all the time. And she would be right there at the front of the boat and how like if anyone tried to crowd her, she would be kind of, you know, not not take ornery. it. Ornery. Ornery. A little yes. ornery about yes. it. Yes. And so, um, yeah, it was just, it was lovely to me to turn around from her spot on the boat and just look up and see all of these cameras with the long lenses um, was kind of amazing. It looked like the sideline of a sporting event and it just like reminded me of how all of these people found each other through this passion and, you know, my mom also wasn't maybe always the best at making friends. And I think it really was like once she moved to Cape Cod, somehow became easier because she had a shared language with these people that she found that were her people. And so, um, so that was really wonderful for me. And, and then so, I, and they, and they showed up, they all came and they showed up really incredible. Yeah. And lots of people her age where it wasn't so easy. Yeah. I was saying to Emily, I felt like, I, I'm like, this is New Englanders. <laughs> like yeah. these like, people our parents age climbing up and down on this boat like mm -hmm. while it's going like 30 knots or whatever John said that's probably <laughs> not what it is guys don't Something. don't quote me I don't know boat I don't know boat talk um, but <laughs> that boat goes real fast to get out to the where the whales are yes it goes like they pick, pick up speed yes to take you out far enough to to possibly spot the whales yeah anyway all I'm saying is that these Older people. Yeah. They're like older people. Yeah. 
And they're just climbing up and down the stairs, <laughs> rocking back and forth on the boat. I was like, holy cow, I've never seen anything like this. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like, they were hardy stock. Is it's what I a hardy stock of people. It was like cold and windy and like yeah. elements. All, everything. It had everything. And uh, yeah, and it was just, I was just really grateful that there was just whales all day, you know? And, there were um, whales for days. And I did speak a little bit. And again, like I was you just did. saying, I didn't, I don't remember what I said really at all. Um, it was really nice. And that poem you read was beautiful. Oh, uh, thank you. I do. I do love that poem. Um, it was really beautiful. Yeah. I'll Maybe I'll post... Uh, post a little story about it on Instagram so you can read it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. And then so many, you know what? I, I, I was stupid. Like, I know you've been friends with like your school age friends for like your whole life. And, you know, you've had these lifelong friends, but I've said like, I'm not the best at friendship. Like I just am where I am at the moment. I'm not so great at like revisiting the past always. Um, But I had the same, you know, a lot of the same school friends that came out to our show in Boston um, were there for this. And, you know, some friends who weren't there, college friends. And like, it just, it meant so much to me because they all knew my mom, but they, I felt like they were, you know, they were there for her, but they were also there for me. And I just felt so grateful. It was so good to, to see everyone's face. I mean... Is this a tip? What is this? I'm kind of glad that time had to go by before we had the ceremony because it wasn't like a grief soaked event because it wasn't in the immediacy of like the loss. It was like... And the shock. And the shock. Yeah, we were able to like... we. We had handled that or we are handling that, but this is a time because we had had a little time to digest it that we were able to come and just like enjoy ourselves and enjoy seeing important people in our lives. And, you know, our friends Lou and Adele Barlow, who we've talked about on the podcast before, were so great. They like stayed in the same hotel that I was in and we had coffee in the morning and like dinner at night. So I didn't feel like lonesome before Matt got to town and, you know, just, it was, it was really great. And now we're just, you know, doing the other stuff, the other hard stuff. It's so funny, Mark, we were taught, I was talking to Birdie before I left and Birdie was like, oh my God, Emily's coming. And then you're like, you know, Birdie's a kid, Yeah, you know? And Mark said to Birdie, well, Birdie, memorial services aren't for the dead. They're for the living. Right. And she was like, it like took her a second to process what that meant. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she was like, oh, it's for the people. And I was like, yes, it's for her. We're good friends with her. So like, we didn't know her mom that well, obviously. But like, you show up for the people that you, that lost the loved one. And Bernie was like, Oh, like it was like the first time it occurred to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. True. And it's true. Yeah. You know? It is so true. And so many people love you and were so like more than like were knew they were going to be there no matter what. You know, I got to talk to so many 
of your friends and Aww. and your mom's best buddy was there. He was so sweet. Dave, the sweetest. Dave was the first person I saw when Emily uh, and I got there early. Oh, uh, was he? Um, to the parking lot and because uh, I was nervous about the cold cuts showing up. Yes, yeah, sure, of course. You know, I had to negotiate <laughs> the cold cuts. <laughs> um, but Dave was the, they were the second. That was the second car that pulled in. Oh, I love oh, no, wait, that. Wait, second car was from Vermont. The woman and her child from oh, Vermont. Oh, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. She knows my mom through like those big Thanksgivings that we would throw. That's where she right. had met my mom, and she's just like someone that I had like become acquainted with over the years. Yeah, it was it was it was so great, and like my. Aunts and uncles came and like took us to dinner and I got to see like cousins I hadn't seen in such a long time. And and it's really good because like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's my family, maybe it's Gen X families, but like, you know, we don't always stay in touch the way that we should. And it's like sucky circumstances to um to come back together under, but I was really glad. And, and like I said, I was glad it was a, it was a happy occasion and it was a beautiful day despite like so beautiful having been so terrible the night before. And yeah, it was just really, it kind of couldn't have been more perfect. I felt like that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that you were there and thank you so much for all those cold cuts. I, at one point I just sat down and pounded like half a tray. I'm not even kidding. I ate so many green olives and so many cold cuts. I ate so many of the grape leaves that were, that were on the one, like the Mediterranean platter. I was just like, I don't know. At one point I was like, how many grape leaves have I eaten? Oh Stuffed grape leaves have I eaten today? Oh my just God. Love how vinegary they are and they're so squishy and delicious. I don't know. Um, More for you. Oh, and then also my kids had the genius idea, like, that was, I think this it was, was so beautiful. My mom, mm-hmm. she did photography, but she also made cards and prints and things like that to sell in the summer. She would sell them um, in this little like artisan village in Cape Cod uh, and, you know, and made like a nice little living from it. But she had so many of those things of beautiful like nature shots. And she also like, God help us, but she was such a beachcomber and collector most of it, like I can, you know, I can let it go, but she did have a beautiful collection of sea glass. And that's one thing that I did love to do with her is look for sea glass. She was so good at it. Even when her vision, like she had to have like three different types of glasses with her for whatever reason, she could always spot sea glass. And like, I'd be like, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not seeing it. And like my neck would be sore from looking down. And like, next thing I'd look over, my mom would have like a whole cup full of sea glass or whatever. Sea glass was her pennies. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so she had this really extensive sea glass collection. And so the boys were like, why don't we put a couple of her photographs in like gift bags and then put like a handful of sea glass in each bag. And then people can like return the glass to the sea. And then, you know, other people can find it. Other people who love to search for sea glass. So we did that. Um, but a lot of people didn't uh, didn't return their sea glass. A lot of people kept it, which is also great. I kept I kept my sea glass. <laughs> you know, I love sea glass. <laughs> Do you? I didn't know that you loved it that much. Wait, you didn't? I didn't. But it makes oh, yeah, sense. I love sea glass. It makes of sense. I love it too. Oh, don't you remember in my old house? I used to have these big clear glass jars that were filled with sea glass. Filled Do you with not remember sea that? Glass. I don't. I don't where know where they. 
They were in the windows, like in the big living room. That makes sense. That makes sense. And of course, we dispersed all the sea glass amongst like a hundred something bags. And then we found more yesterday and we were like, oh. If we, in case you were worried, we gave out all my mom's sea glass. We did not. We found another, another full jar. I mean, it's hard to know kind of what to do with sea glass. Let's be real. It's true. It's true. Like what, what's it for? It's very pretty. It's beautiful. But yeah, anyway, so we still have some and everybody has some and maybe the sea has some. I think some people threw some back. Who knows? We'll see. The kids were kind of worried that one of those whales would come up and eat the urn. They were worried slash hoping that a whale (laughs) because they were like, would that be cool for Grammy to be swallowed by a whale? I mean, kind of, maybe. Like she did love Pinocchio. Who knows? But it didn't happen. Well, not that we saw. I'm just going to say. It's true. We don't know. We don't know what happened. We don't know. We do not know. They can... They can continue on with any (laughs) ideas that they might have about what happened after the urn went into the ocean. It's true. It's true. Yeah, but it was just a, it was a really good day. And thanks for everyone who listens to the podcast, like being so supportive and like encouraging me to do this unusual idea for my mom. And yeah, it's meant a lot. And like, I feel a lot better now that my mom is in the ocean. (laughs) I mean, that's what, that's the thought that I kept having. Like, I just have to get, I have to get my mom into the ocean. Well, she, you did it. I did it. (laughs) We did it. Um, yeah. And while cleaning out her house, I found a snow babies item. That's true. A single snow baby. My mom. Who's at home listening? My mom. Get ready. Surprise. You're about to inherit. Get ready for an item from (laughs) Casey. (laughs) Courtesy of Donna, I'm I'm sending you a little snow baby's gift. She was a collector, that lady. Woo. I know. How's that all going? It's a lot and it's hard because some of it is like you're just getting to know these intimate details of this person that like you talked to every day. So these right. were like things that were personal to them in private and they didn't consider it to be something that they wanted to share for whatever reason. So now, you know, you're just getting these details. She was a real collector. um, And so it's hard to part with that stuff because you're like, it was meaningful to her, but it's not meaningful to me really, except in that it was meaningful to her. Um, But then I don't know how meaningful it was. You know, that's like, that's something we've been talking about a lot, like the urge to the urge to gather things doesn't always necessarily mean that everything means a lot to you. It just means that you gathered it and you don't know exactly what you want to do with it. And then there's a lot of stuff that like, I kind of remember from my childhood and I'm like, is it stupid to keep this egg slicer that I remember from my childhood, like that my mom had for 50 years? I don't know. By the way, though, I love vintage egg slicers. I do think you should keep it. It's kind of important for the top of deviled eggs sometimes if you want to do like a cute garnish. There you go. So I guess we'll keep it. And that's small, you know, but it's like everything. And everyone's being really conscious of not getting rid of anything without asking me like, does this seem familiar? And it's really weird like 
so many things seem familiar and so many things, like even though they are familiar, I don't care at all about. And so many things I immediately know that I want to hang on to. And so many things I'm like weirdly on the fence about, you know? And we're, we also keep making a list of like what things what things keep coming up because like I want to, I don't know. For some reason, I have a need to catalog the things that people that struggle with getting rid of things, the things that trip them up. And so far, my list is mm. coin, coins, mm-hmm. batteries, mm-hmm. insurance cards, mm-hmm. tax workbooks, mm-hmm. socks. Mm. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say to you guys right now. I ordered a batteries recycling bucket. Mm. one for Casa Kismet and one for my house because I also noticed that when I moved. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck are all these batteries? Batteries everywhere. Where And where do you where do you even get them? You can't throw them away, guys. Don't throw them no, away. No, exactly. <laughs> but people do and because you, they don't know what else to do with it. Or if you know that, that you're not supposed to throw them out, then you're a person that just puts them in a drawer. Right. You stash it somewhere, but then they're in every single drawer and it's just, whew. My husband has yeah. been going through the the books and I... He was like, is there anything I should know, anything I should look out for? And I said, I do want this book that Mr. Rogers autographed to her. Mm-hmm. Um, That's really special. Very special. Um, when I worked with him one time and then I was like, other than that, not really. And then to the last minute, I was like, oh, flip through every book. Just flip through and don't just put it in a pile or whatever. And he was like, at the end of the day yesterday, he was like, thank God you said that to me. There was something in every single book. Like not everything was important, but there was something in every single book, at least one thing. And I was just like, yeah, it's just, you know, she was just a squirreler, you know? Yeah, I do Mm. know. I have a squirrely mom too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, our in-laws are doing like a sweet, they do like a Swedish death cleaning every week. So there will be nothing when... When the time comes. But bless their hearts. For them. <laughs> My son was like, they, he said that he feels like they need more stuff. And I was like, no, don't tell them that. They're very intent on not, not having I love that. anything to make it difficult on anyone, you know? It is weirdly, and I know this is like a little bit driving off topic of the of what you've been going through, but there is something weirdly difficult about getting rid of stuff. This is like the thing, this is this is store for the stars conversation all over yes. again. Yeah. Like it is difficult, especially if you're a person that loves the things that you have, right? Yes. Like I love the things that I have. So just donating it willy-nilly to some place where I'm like, I don't know what's going to become of it right. feels wrong to me. Like, And I know that my mom struggles with that too, I think. I think, mom. I don't know. You'll let me know. You'll text me <laughs> You'll hear as this. you're hearing this. And then I'll have no idea what yeah. you're talking about when you text me. <laughs> and I'll be like, what? I don't... What are you talking about? And then you'll tell me and then I'll be like, ugh. Yeah, that's right. I don't think um, it is off topic at all, Busy. I think it's like probably something that like, you know, we see extreme cases on like TV shows like Hoarders, which, you know, right, I, right. I kind of, if I'm being honest, I think I watched the newest season like in preparation for what I was about to find. And it's, you know, it's not like that. It's not like the TV show, but it's not not like that either. If I'm being like 100% honest. Oh Wait, Casey, I didn't even tell you this. The last time I was 
in Arizona, which was over the holidays. Yeah. I was looking for, I was trying to help my mom find something in my dad's closet. I have to pull it up because I just have to tell you what it is. Okay, Scottsdale, here we go. Um, oh, I just remembered the skateboard I made for baby Bob because I just saw a picture <laughs> of it. That was cute. Um, oops, I didn't make it. Santa made it. Oh. <clears throat> okay, here's what I found in my parents' closet. I found a Chicago Sun-Times from Friday, August 9th, 1974, Nixon quits. Wow. I found Nixon resigns, the New York Times. I found the world mourns, the Kennedy funeral, Chicago Daily News. Um, it's Rocky for VP. Uh, Chicago Daily News from 19... I can't read that. 64? Maybe my dad saved the Kennedy, like when Kennedy was president shot de- dead, the New York yeah. World Telegram from November 1963. But I found all of these papers. Yeah. The Chicago Tribune when uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was murdered. Like, just, I'm like, where have these been? What have they do? What? I, how did where? How did my dad even find? Like, where have these been? My parents have lived in four thousand places. And what brought them from place to place to place? My dad brought that from place to place to place. My God, it it. I mean, There's, they were my dad's, not my mom's. For sure, my dad's, not my mom's. Because he he saved them because of like these. Sig- I just significant, yeah, significant life-changing historical historical moments. events. Yeah, it's interesting. Events. Well, it really makes you see the difference. And like if they if they hadn't moved, I wonder if they would have that much more stuff. My mom also had moved like four times. So the amount of stuff she had was kind of shocking. And I think like if she had just saved things from historical events, then we would have been in a different scenario right now, but she saved everything, really. Everything was precious to her. And she found, like, joy in things, but I don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying is just that, like, I get it. It's hard to know how to get rid of things. Yes. Especially if you're a person that cares about things. Right. Well, to what you were- Some people don't care about things. To what you were saying, like about donating willy-nilly, we even have her things like divided into piles. Like we are like, this is art supplies and equipment. This is clothing. This is housewares. And we're having a hard time right now just like pulling the ripcord on taking those boxes out of the house and giving them to like the right donation center or whatever, you know, because we, you know, we ourselves don't want to just dump them at the Salvation Army and like speed away. Right. Or yes. And then you also don't want things to like end up in landfills. You want them to be reused and like reused thoughtfully. Exactly. I will say that those TerraCycle boxes, you guys might want to look at those. Oh, what what are those? I don't know. That was where I got my battery recycling thing from. Listen, you pay for the boxes. Yeah. The shipping, I think, is included to ship it back or whatever. Okay. They have these... Supposedly. I don't know, guys. I'm just <laughs> trying it out. It don't come at me if there's something that I yeah. didn't research. I don't know. In, it, 
advertise to me on Instagram. Um, <laughs> you ship back the boxes and they recycle whatever it is that you that you've sent back, but like for real, for real, recycle it because oh, it's private. It's really... a private recycling. Yeah. So it's like, but there's different categories. Like you can do like textiles, you know, right. like fabric and right. things like that. You could do you can do toys, like, so I think that's, like, mostly plastic and metal. Right, right. Um, but, like, you can choose the different boxes. That's really and then smart. you know that it's going to, they show you the things that they make with the stuff. There's paper, like, but then there's also, like, one box, I think, that's just, like, I don't know what this is. Like, can you recycle it? You know what <laughs> I mean? There, and then, is there a box where you can put two vacuum cleaners, two TVs, and a paper shredder? Mm, boy, I mean, yeah, I think there is an electronic. <laughs> I think there's, I think that's Probably. like electronics. Yeah. Um, but you know, that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff is definitely, I know, see that's, this is why it's so hard. It is You hard. don't want things. I think that like one thing that also just because of the environment in recent years that's really been impressed upon me is that like, you can't trust the recycling that's like, part of our government, right? Right. Because you you're like, can't. you're separating it out so meticulously and then someone will tell you they just mix it back all together anyway. Yeah. And also that like half of it ends up in the ocean or the right. landfills right. and they can't even recite. They don't have right. the capacity to recycle it. So it's just like, the fuck are we even doing with this right. ruse that we're, we're all partaking in? We're all like trying shitting the equivalent of a credit card every week with all the plastic truly, in our body. Yes. Yeah. And we all have we all have Prozac running through our veins, but you know, because it's in the water source because yes. you pee it out. Yes. Anyway, um, but yeah. So wait, what was my point about those about the recycling? The, how hard it is to recycle things? It's fucking hard. Oh, it's just to, hard like, to get. Yes. So you just don't want to like throw the broken pieces of a vacuum cleaner out, right? Because also you know that like those things can be broken down right. and they can like be reused and the parts can be reused and they should be. Like that right. is what we have to be doing if right. we want to continue living in this world. Right. Um, and so you want to be careful and not just chunk it. Yes. But. And then, but here we are. But then you're stuck with a house that's got <laughs> multiple broken vacuum cleaners. <laughs> Busy, there was one. I don't mean, mom, I'm sorry if you're listening to this podcast from the ocean or wherever you are, but there was like this one little, just like she had it forever, like this skinny set of like little drawers that was almost like a mail drop, like where she would put her mail. But I knew that like every little drawer in it, like, you know, was full, like chock full. I went through that thing, Busy. Four iPods were in the drawers, four different iPods. Like, <laughs> I was going through the drawers and I'd be like, band aids, band aids, matchsticks, batteries, coins, post its, iPod. And then, like, iPod from 2007. <laughs> every time I was like, I kept saying to Eli, Were you worried that I w was not going to find another iPod in this set of drawers? Because I just Holy found cow. another one. Well, wait. Okay, wait. Does Apple offer, like, can you bring? electronics into Apple stores? I think so. And actually, I think some of the older stuff um, is probably collectible too. I think like people would want to own it if we wiped it. So um, 
That's the thing. My mom also I, on the list, gadgets. My mom loved gadgets and she was super loyal to Apple. And so she would always scrape up and save to buy the newest Apple whatever, like yeah. from Commodore 64 days Got on. it. I get it. I get it. So, like, I had a seashell. I had a seashell. <laughs> so she had like a laptop stacked on top of another laptop. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. just, but like so many iPhones, so many iPods with the wheel <sighs> on them and you know, iPod Nanos. She just loved that. Well, shit. those the phones I think are really useful to wipe and then donate to um, yes to like different uh, charities, that shelters, need them. Yeah, mm-hmm. shelters mm-hmm. take them. Yeah, so we'll figure it all out. It's a little bit like it feels a little bit like a race against time because we also do have to get back to California, but we'll just get it done. You know, like we'll just do it. And then there's the whole matter of like the condo itself, where you're there and you're like, should we? keep this? Like, of course not, but it feels like you should, you know? But I keep telling myself that I want it to be as magical of a place for someone else as it was for her. Like I want it to change someone else's life the way that it changed her life. So, you know, I just have to remember that. And it will, but it also doesn't have to happen in the next two months. Right. Remember that. Right. It's true. If it doesn't, it's It's, okay. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? You're totally right. You're totally so right. you don't have to have that pressure because whenever it happens, it'll change the right person's life. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so if it's not ready, if you don't feel like it's ready to sell and whatever, whatever, and you need a little bit more time, I say that's the will of the universe. <laughs> You're waiting for the right person. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, but yeah, that's the whole thing. That's what I've been up to. And I just, I'm so glad you were able to be a part of it. It meant a lot to me. And I know so many people on the boat were like, I saw Busy, but I didn't want to ask her for a picture. Oh my God, that was so, wait, that was so funny. That one, your one friend that was like, okay, you guys, you have to understand we saw, we saw a lot of the same whales, but we saw like, 47 fucking whales. Like yeah. whales were doing, when like when Casey said it was a whale show, it was a whale. The whales were doing things. They were they were showing us the tails. They were flipping around. I mean, they weren't <laughs> flipping around, but like it felt like they were. They were yeah. blowing bubbles. They made noises. Yeah. They pooped. They pooped. We saw a whale poop. <laughs> John told us we could laugh. Poop's always funny, is what he said. <laughs> um, but like, one of Casey's friends, I think, just like all of a sudden got like weirdly nervous talking to me. I don't know if she was. I don't know if she was, but she did. But she did look at me and she was like, were you here to see the whales? And I was like, what? Yeah. I mean, I wait, did I see whales? And she's like, yeah. Did you see any whales? And I was like, did anyone not see whales? Like, where do you think I've been here? I was like, I've been here this whole time. Yeah. I've been oh on this boat God. the whole like as we're pulling back in like That's... towards at the end of the thing and she's like did you did you get to see any whales i was like what ma'am are we okay that is so funny i Who also love whales? my friend caroline my my best friend from school tracy was there my one of my other best friends caroline caroline came to see us in new jersey when we did the live podcast, but I didn't know that she was coming. And so how I learned that she was coming is she just like turned up backstage with her friend. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know you were here. How did you get backstage? And her friend was like, oh my God, she just like 
you know, was like, Casey's my friend. Ask her, go ask her. She'll tell you to let me back here. So the backstage person was just like, okay, great. Um, but so anyway, she cracks me up so hard and I love how she just came over and she was like, Hey, busy. It's me, Caroline. We met in New Jersey. I mean, she was adorable. (laughs) Oh, kitsch. Oh my gosh. Birdie came home the other day with a new kitsch product that she had purchased. Oh, what'd she get? It was so, it's so good. It's the satin hair towel. Love it. Which I didn't even know there was a satin hair towel. Perfect. It's It's exciting. (laughs) It's, I started using it and Bernie was like, stop, it's mine. I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) Um, And I was sleeping on my satin pillowcase last night and I woke up and my hair still looked so good from yesterday. So I was like, don't even have to redo my hair. (laughs) <laughs> because here's the thing, guys. They say that hair care is the new skincare. And I'm mm. here to tell you, maybe it is, maybe it's not. I don't know. But I love Kitsch products because they've created game-changing essentials that I swear by, that Casey swears by, that most importantly, Birdie swears by. <laughs> Satin pillowcases, the the time-saving towels, the scrunchies, the eye masks, and the heatless satin curling rollers. Yes. Say goodbye to heat damage. This is the original one. They're still the best. Don't settle for any knockoffs, guys. Get the ones that started the craze. <laughs> and they're very affordable. That's They're the- so affordable. That's what I love. I love something that you can treat yourself right without spending everything in your wallet. Guys, go check out the website and you're going to get yourself some cute, cute things. You're going to get your friends some cute things. Fill your cart. Fill your cart on up. Because also right now, Kitsch is offering 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash best. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash best. One more time, mykitsch.com slash best for 30% off your order. Helix, sleeping on my Helix. I love my Helix. It gives me so much sleep. Is that good? (laughs) Yes, I love my Helix too. I've been missing it so much because I've been sleeping in a hotel bed and like I want to write a love letter to my Helix back home. Listen, we love our Helix mattresses. When was the last time you got a new mattress? It might be time. It might be time for you. Yeah. Here's the deal. You wake up a lot during the night. Yeah. Maybe you need a new, you probably need a new mattress, guys. Yes. And with Helix, they offer 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids, which is amazing. It really is. And how do you even know which one you want, which one's best for you? You take a quiz, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix is smart. They know that the best way, the only way, really, to test out a new mattress is you got to sleep on it. And so that's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10 to 15-year warranty 
to try out your Helix mattress. You get to try it out for more than three months. That's so much time. <laughs> it three, is so three much months. Time. <laughs> to know whether or not you want that mattress in your life for, for the long haul. And you know what Helix will do if, they, if you don't like it? They'll take it back, but you are not going to want them to take it back. You're going to want to keep it for three months and beyond. They have harnessed years of extensive mattress expertise to bring their customers a truly elevated sleep experience. You guys, I really have to say, like... Casey and I both got our Helix mattresses right when we started working with Helix years ago, a couple years ago. And we both really genuinely love these mattresses. Um, and we want you to just sleep well and feel good because everything is better when you have a good night's sleep. So Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash best. This is the best offer yet and it's not going to last long. So go to helixsleep.com slash best for 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Sorry, guys. In the middle of our conversation, Birdie just called and I had to take it because Mark's actually on an airplane right now. So, um, but Bird's upset because... Just feels like things have gotten heated at at school with, yeah. you know, there's been like just lots of discussions about all kinds of things. And like the kids are trying on different ideologies, I would right. say. Right. You know, yeah. as eighth graders, especially eighth graders do. And... I feel like I told Birdie this story, but, you know, it's so hard. I know when you are a kid going through a thing, like, to remember that your parents were people or to even care that your parents yeah. were people. It takes but a just while. that, like, yeah. Yeah, but that at my 20-year high school reunion, this guy came up to me and apologized for this huge fight we had gotten into in government class about gay marriage. He was like, I was spouting such insane hatred. It was just what I heard in my house, and yeah. I'm gay, and, wow. like... And I'm sorry. And, you know. Yeah. Like, in case you wondered if I've always been this person. <laughs> I have always been this fucking person. And Birdie is this person too. Yeah. But really has noticed and is not wrong that the boys in her grade that are also super loud and opinionated and get into it with other people about their views. Yeah. Are like still popular, you know, they're still like the popular ones. And of they're course. like, as yeah. Birdie just said on the on the phone call to me, um, they're the ones that are like, they're like celebrated for speaking up and for having these big opinions. And Birdie feels like she's a social piranha. <laughs> That's, she meant pariah, but it was the cutest thing. But that's thing. so cute. But I and want then, a t-shirt that says social piranha. By the way, we're making them. That's done. <laughs> that's done. Social piranha. And that everybody hates her. And that's, of course, not true. No. But I do also know that, like, Birdie's kind of a lightning rod for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And, and I know in part that's like why going away next year seems appealing, you know, because yeah. there will be less of that from 
for, for in in many ways, you know? Yeah. Bird will get to experience what, what it's like to not have anyone give a fuck who your mom is. Well, also, won't it be exciting for Bird just to like, I don't know. Yeah, just to like observe a different way of things being done. You know what I mean? And just to focus on learning. That's one thing that like I worry. I want to say this the right way because I don't want to like, I love how much kids are participatory now and that like they know their stuff and they're all reading so much more and a absorbing so much more information than we had when we were kids. And like in so many ways, I'm so envious or whatever, but also like, I don't like, you're just saying these boys are celebrated for having these opinions. They shouldn't even really be having that huge of opinions yet. You know what I mean? Like nobody's teaching them to be introspective and to like keep learning until you have enough information to, you know what I mean? It's like, but this is what I was, this is what I've been saying, which is like our culture right now is, this is you and I just had this conversation when we did the ad, when we talked at ad week. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I was, and I had said, told you, I had, I said this on Jesse Tyler Ferguson's podcast that I did that's coming out soon, which is like, when did asking questions and admitting that you were wrong about something become the like the equivalent of admitting that you're an idiot and weak right like, what it wh- how how is it not the biggest strength right. to say to be able to think critically about anything right and when you have new information be able to take in new information oh i didn't know that before now right. i do right. now i can have a different thought or feeling about this thing. But in our culture, people are just like so fucking locked in to these ideas. Yeah. And that, and we also, I think it, it dovetails with like prizing youth so much. We love youth so much that we, you know, we have like 20 year old superstar singers and, and, you know, the hottest actors are in their twenties. And so we expect we're always having like a 20 under 20 list, 30 under 30. And so we expect people to spring from high school fully formed and branded and ready to like take on the world. And it's just like, it's not like that. Your brain does not fully grow until you're 25. We should all be taught introspection and like listening, you know? Because the other thing that bugs me too is like that, I'm sure Birdie's continually being told that she has to respect the opinions of other people. Correct. Which is like, okay, but then like it cuts both ways, you know? For sure. Is, is Birdie's opinion and is Birdie's ideology being respected? It doesn't sound like that's the case. So, you know, if you can't manage that, then I don't I don't know where that leaves us, but I just feel like I'm excited for Bird to go to Sweden so that maybe she can like just study and learn shit like science and not feel like she has to fight every day. My God, Casey, from your lips. I think that we live in um in a time in this country where we really genuinely feel like we have to fight every day because we kind of do. Yeah. I, I do not disagree with that. I do not and disagree. And I think that like that feeling 
is something that like makes me exhausted. Yeah. And I know it makes you exhausted and I can't imagine what it makes someone who's 14 feel. Who's trying to just grow. Yeah. You know? And also and also who's thinking empathetically as best they can about the experiences of other people. Yeah. Oh, well, it'll all be you'll you'll get a break from it soon. Bird it'll will get all a break. Be over soon. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Well, I mean, school is just going to be over yeah, soon. So. That's, but I mean, I hope it doesn't, you know, I hope that it will feel over for Bird and like she can close the chapter, close the, close the book on that, that part of I everything. was really happy because there was like the end of school year, eighth grade dance and Birdie had a really nice time with oh, some friends. good. And I'm like, glad. it was really, felt really chill. Good. And then Bertie's best friend's mom and I went to our pottery studio and we shared a bottle of wine while we were there. And I'm just going to say this. I have done pottery stoned and <laughs> on mushrooms. Um, but, and that was great. Wine and pottery does not mix. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. First of all, now, as I'm even thinking about it, just the the spinning is probably oh, not the best. Right, right. But I fucked up so many of my damn pig pots. I was so bummed. And then I was just like, fuck it. What am I doing? This is so dumb. Oh, we could have just gone to a bar and had a glass of wine. But I do like doing an activity with a friend, a new friend. Yeah, of course. But maybe I next time I know, I just, I can't, no wine. Yeah. No wine and wheel. Yeah. N- there you go. No wine and wheels. Wine after wheels only. Wine, only, only wine after wheels. Weed, weed and wheels, yes. Wine and wheels, no. No. Guys, feel free to put that on a t-shirt as well. Um, Should we talk to Krista? Let's talk to Krista. Let's talk to my sweet friend, Krista Miller. Um, She's on Shrinking, guys. If you haven't watched it yet, you gotta watch it. Um, We had a really lovely time talking with her. Check it out. Hi, Krista. Hi, Chris. Hi, gorgeous. I'm so happy to see you, and I'm so happy that you're able to do the podcast this week. I am too. You've really been making the rounds. I feel like you've been just. I've been so hustling. Good. You've Are been you so, so good. Yes. So Krista and I obviously were on Cougar Town together, and um, and listen, doing after you've been doing this for as long as we have, doing press for shows can be arduous. It can be. It just can be. Not that you're un- and never ungrateful, always happy to be there. But like, you know, it's a, it's a lot. But now shrinking, I think I can tell how much you love the show and how much you love doing it because you're out there. It was like yeah, the same I with Cougar Town. But I also had to get a different perspective. I just felt like um, I was watching so randomly. I was watching the Shaquille O'Neal documentary. And Ooh, he said, I didn't he know said, there was one. Yeah, it's really good. It's very well made. And he said in the first episode, um, he said, I don't like these athletes that are bulking at doing press and won't do press. He goes, that's part of my job. So I have half the job here. And then part of the job is to look in the camera and do the other part of my job. And that's it. And I went, that's a different perspective. And I love the show and want to 
promote the show. And also it's good for me. And I am grateful to be asked to do cool things. And yeah, that's, that's it. And I also am having fun. I'm having fun. Do I really, it's just a perspective change, which I try to do a lot in my life in general. <laughs> perspective changes. I have got to reframe it. I've been really enjoying shrinking, Krista, and you're my favorite part of it. Thank you. Like she, so I'm sure she hears it a lot. You're my favorite part as well. <laughs> but you knew that. The whole yeah. the whole show is great. I just like that you're it's a very real character. I feel like I feel like I know your character. I've known that person in life and I'm always delighted by that type of person who's like, "Yes, I'm a mom and a wife, but also like a little bit subversive to what you yeah. think about as a mom and a wife. So, well, Krista, <laughs> did you have a hard time tapping into that? Well, busy. I mean, first of all, you know, with the rocks that I do rock. So that wasn't hard, but I am not a, a nosy person at all. That's true. I don't care. I'm not interested in what anyone's doing. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm interested in my friends, but I'm not nosy at all. I've never been with my, I'm just not a nosy person. Um, and she's also, that mom was like the mom, that character Liz is the PTA mom and the, you know, doing, she was the mom that saves me for in school that says, yes. don't forget to do this. And you don't, you can donate money instead of bringing up luck, you know, like the, the moms that helped me. Yeah. I mean, same though. Same. <laughs> Right. Never been a PTA mom. No, I love and, them. Thank God I for them. them. And and also the, the the those moms have saved my ass. They're like, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. Totally and help help me. <laughs> I love that. I love that mom. As long as it comes with like zero judgment. But there have been times when one of my kids was like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, I don't have a snack for you. And then a mom hands me a snack. Like, oh, I knew you wouldn't have a snack. Then I'm like, oh, no, man. And you're like, my kid can go from first without a snack for the hour before he has to have dinner. Constant <laughs> <laughs> snacking. So I'm much scared. snacking. Who had snacks? When I was growing up, we'd like go from school to basketball games and volleyball games. And there's no snack. I don't think we drank water either. <laughs> no one drank water. That's no for sure. Water. No one drank water. The we fact that, yeah, we were just dehydrated. Yeah. And water like, was only it, discovered in like the late 90s, I think. Yeah. It's true. Because what did we, no we drank, water. yeah, in elementary school, we drank milk at lunch. Yeah. And you, got you to, could get chocolate milk or, or regular milk. Yeah. I almost just said vanilla, but it was milk. <laughs> It was just regular. I mean, and you would go to the bubbler. That's what we call it in Massachusetts. But the water fountain, which was always atrocious and probably disgusting, full of things you shouldn't be ingesting. But who knows? We were very dehydrated. I don't remember. I remember playing long basketball games. Over. There was no water on the sideline in the no. gym. No water. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> well, Krista, is it weird? Because you, be, you were like a sports mom now. Definitely. Mom, for sure. You're not, you don't, I mean, this is what's so crazy. When we started working together on Cougar Town, Birdie was just born and your children were no. little, little people. And Henry, so um, Will Lawrence was just here because he, he, he's home from college. Um, and he said, please tell Busy I say, and I said, okay. The sweetest kids. The sweet. Krista and Bill have the sweetest kids, you guys. Aww. Thank you. But Henry Busy is 6'1". 
on the water polo team, ripped, skinny, beanpole. He's 16. Oh, my God. I know. Nuts. It's really crazy. And now you have, like, adult children. I know. It's crazy. How how now? How old are Birdie and Cricket now? So Birdie's turning fifteen this summer. Oh, that's amazing! I Maybe forgot that Henry was so little when we started Cougar Town. He was literally a baby. Little Will, Will did a little cameo in Cougar Town, and he was little. He was like seven. Yeah, I totally forgot. I don't know. In my head, your daughter, Charlotte Lawrence, who's an amazing singer, guys, you've heard me talk about Charlotte before, um, and Krista, and everyone, actually. Um, But Charlotte Lawrence, in my head, is perpetually, like, nine years old. Like, that's in in my head. So when I see her and she releases new music, I'm like, what's that that sweet little girl doing? (laughs) But also, it's so funny because she... um, She'll like, she found kittens underneath her deck. So, of course, she had to rescue the mom and the kittens and the whole thing. And they're, oh we got them all. but she's like on the phone with Beth Stern. She's on the phone with my friends. Like, <laughs> I'm like, she's like, oh, I've spoken to Beth and Beth, let me get this little trap and this, how to do it and this food. Beth said, I was like, okay. And then she um, couldn't find someone to sit her dog. So she called Nicole Sullivan. She was like, can you just, she was on mute. She was like, can you just check Nicole oh over there? I was like, okay. All right. It's so fun. Casey, your sons are like that too. They're like friends with all your friends. Yes, it's true. It's true. I always, it always makes me laugh sometimes. My, my sons, Krista, are about to turn 24 and one just turned 21. Wow. But they, they also watch dogs a lot. If your daughter ever needs a dog watcher, they started out like watching dogs for my friends. And now a lot of my friends, it always makes me laugh. They're like, is it weird that I've become friendly with your kids? They're adults and they're like, they're my friends now. As long as I'm still invited, as long as they don't hang yeah. out like without me. <laughs> I know. For sure. Krista's always invited because she's always the most fun. <laughs> Thank you. We just had the most fun dinner. You know, we're also close with um, her boyfriend, Andrew, who she's been with for four years. They're like an old married couple (laughs) but we went out with that we see them a lot and uh wait are your boys here in LA yeah they live in LA with me um I'm sure they wish they were living somewhere else maybe sometime soon but you never know I'll get I'll get your info because Charlotte's always looking for someone to watch her dogs oh great they would love it they love they love a dog friend (laughs) they really are the best um so wait okay wait, wait I'm jumping everywhere I'm always excited to have a friend. Yeah. I have to say. Um, wait, but let's talk about shrinking because the first season, um, just t- they announced that you guys got picked up, right? Got picked up. We were Yay. supposed to start shooting in a couple no. weeks. No, no, you're not going to. Not. Have you hit the have you hit the lines yet, Krista? In solidarity. I'm going with Bill. I'm going with yeah. Bill tomorrow. So Krista's also married to a screenwriter, guys, Bill Lawrence, who we both have worked with. Who? <laughs> <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. Um, but I was just at the WGA rally here um, right before this and I spoke and I hate, like I get so nervous speaking. Public speaking is, isn't it weird? Public speaking is horrible. It's horrible and it's so different. You think that we would be good at it, but I mean, I don't know. It comes off okay, but I feel like I still feel kind of like thrown by it. I feel like I'm you know like, what I I do this very weird thing unless I'm totally prepared. I start talking and then I 
Mumble up. Try to stop it earlier. Stop stop the point earlier. Like, but you always knew you wanted to be an actor, right, Krista? Always. And I always, um, you know, from the beginning iteration of whatever a Walkman or beer music, I always would walk around listening to music and thinking I was in a movie, you know, acting out things, walking. I would walk all over New York all the time. And uh, yeah, I, I, I was very singular in that thought. And and you're a model at well, first. Do you get, do you know Casey? Do you know this? No, I don't that think I did. Krista know. was well. You were on the Drew Carey show, show at this point, but she was the first cover girl of the very first Maxim. <gasps> oh my gosh! Which is like history. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> do you know what though? Do you know what though? I do you want to hear what a new perspective I have? Yes. New. I mean, I'm hoping it's all because it's my great show. So, you know, I, I modeled for 10 years and then but then since Drew Carey, I was like, I'm not good at having my picture taken. I was this persona. I don't like having my picture taken. How can we just get through it? I don't look good in pictures, blah blah blah. And then we started doing all these pictures for shrinking. We'd have to go in a lot of them. Now you go in for 15 minutes. And I was like, why am I that person when I can get through it faster? I have 10,000 hours and I'm just going to fucking do it. I yes. Mean, I'm just going to do it. I know how to do it. Like, blah, 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 blah. And now I'm like in and out of there in three minutes. The photographer's like, thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> I was like, why was I that? <laughs> I would, I don't, you know, because I think partially, Krista, because I get it, and I feel like I was that person too for a while. By the time we got to Cougar Town season two or three, I was like, nope, I can just do this. I know how to take these pictures. And I feel like then I noticed how fast things went. And then I was like, great, that's how I'm going to be always. Yeah. Um, but I think also our generation, like we were sort of racist women to to take it back. Like we... We know we're, you know, our worth, our self-worth, right? Yeah. And and then there's just a thing that was kind of like ingrained in us that you shouldn't really be good at taking pictures because then, then that means you know that you're pretty. That and you can't know, you're vain. You're vain Dang. if you know how to take pictures, right? Right. And it's not. It's about getting through. The, that is always, I think, what I thought. Like, it makes me feel like I'm that sort of person, which I never want to be. Right. You know? And that you only, and that you identify as a pretty person when you're like, I, cause I remember I used to say things like when I was first starting out, like, oh, I don't know how to pose because I'm, I'm an actor. I mean, tell me what part I'm playing. And then I was like, at some point I was like busy, Shh, cool it. <laughs> so lame. Just go. Just, go. just, yeah, do, just do it. We all had to pose for a picture. I mean, listen, it, it only took me 50 years longer than you to figure it out. <laughs> I'm still like, I mean, it was just maybe last month. And my my publicist really said, what happened to you? <laughs> Going in, I was like, because I'm so bored with myself. Right. I'm so bored with that persona. And who's seeing it? Me and the photographer. I'm, they're always happy. Right. Who's I, it for? They're going to get the shot. Right. <laughs> Right. Or you can drag it out and do that. It does feel so good to get over yourself sometimes. Whether yeah. it's about like, I don't, I don't wear shorts. I don't wear short sleeves or whatever the thing. And like, sometimes you do just get disgusted, at, like with just keeping it up. And you're like, no, I'm just gonna, 
I'm just going to do that thing. And it's so easy. That's so interesting. I wonder what made you, well, busy, you were saying you thought it like, it's like a sign of vanity or whatever. Did you love your modeling career? No, I mean, no, I happened to look out at a time that I had my hair cut like a boy's regular. And I was with this really cool agency called Click. And I was able to do cool jobs and it was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wasn't going to be a big supermodel, but I certainly know how to do it. And Charlotte even got annoyed me. She's like, will you stop with this? You know, she, but she and Busy are the same that they can't take a bad picture. I can make it <laughs> You know, Charlotte and Vinny have these, you know, perfect that can do anything. But I um I just got over myself. I mean, back to the short sleeves. I mean, I I still can't abide by a cap sleeve. <laughs> I That's just a style thing though. Like I'm with you. I don't think it looks good on anyone. Anyone. You could on Charlotte, it doesn't look good. It's no. a cap doesn't work. It doesn't work. For me, <laughs> it's low-rise jeans. I'm like forever like, why would anyone... Don't bring that back, please. I only can wear low-rise. Oh, I yeah. Think wait, I think it gives you a case of long butt. I don't... But I have butt. a high... I have a high and tight butt, I, so I can do it. I think my... And I even got Charlotte <laughs> in low-rise. We went to Levi's. You know, I'm obsessed with Levi's 501s. And we went to... Levi's had us come over and pulled all their vintage Levi's. We, it was like the, it was the best day of my life. It was oh like, my I mean, gosh. you really love a jean. You love. I love a jean. And then they tailored it perfect. It was, <gasps> That's it was their whole <laughs> So I, I really thought I was going to say Charlotte and I were like jumping up and down. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, I want to talk to you about music supervision. Uh, yeah. But I also, I'm just going to put this into your, brain because in case it has to do in case that it plays in somehow you know on our podcast we do like to talk to people about pivots and times in their lives and careers where they thought one thing was definitely going to happen and then something else happened and um either it worked you know however it works out and ends up but what it sort of how it changed your perspective or if it did or whatever and i didn't know if the music supervising jobs that you've had now were sort of a pivot or really more just a natural extension of what you love and how you got into it. Because guys, Krista also is the music supervisor for Shrinking with such great music. And you did it on a Cougar Town as well. Did you do it for Scrubs as well? And Ted Lasso. And Ted Lasso. Okay. So guys, she's now music supervising for basically every show. (laughs) That you watch. But I will say in, in Ted Lasso, um, Jason Sudeikis really does the heavy lifting on it. He's very particular about the music and he's brought in great music for that show. So I will say that. Um, no, you know, I always loved music since I was little. My mom had me very young and she was a supermodel and she's had all cool music playing in the house, cool people at the house. And she always got all the newest music. And um when I was living in New York, I would sometimes sub in for the DJ when he wanted to take a break at different clubs. I never would be able to do a whole night by myself, but I have some cool sets actually that I have the cassettes from that I recorded that are really fun to listen to. Amazing. But um, so when Bill was doing scrubs, and I always used to make mixtapes for friends, blah, blah, blah. And then when Bill was doing scrubs, he couldn't, the pilot, he couldn't get the music. And I put in all the music. I was like, we should do this. You should do this. And he was like, oh, you're, you're the music supervisor now. And then he got like in his head, he's like, Chris is doing the music. So I did all the music for scrubs. 
And then um, it just kind of went from there. I mean, I, 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 that is really, really fun. And that's one of those things too, that like Bill will call me um, and say, I need a song for this. And the song you chose didn't work because of this and because we cut it. And like, you drop everything, eight hours go by and you don't know. It's like, it, it's Because so- you're trying different songs in place to see if it has... And what do you what do you look for? I mean, obviously it changes, but well, I you know the thing is I always bank music before we start the show, like really favorite songs that I know if they played they were going to be hit songs. You know, mm-hmm. like if they could get out there, and then you have them, but sometimes all your none of your favorite songs will fit in a scene for whatever reason. Um, and I like to do offbeat, like the shrinking can be sad you know it's about grief so we don't like to have so much sad music in there right have the right words you don't want it to be too on the nose you want it to help i feel like music 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 has done so much for me for in my life that if i can do anything for a musician that can help launch yeah out there you know ben gibbard um did wrote the theme song for our show when i put his song on scrubs they were really struggling and they got this you know, check that they were able to buy like some equipment and have like, have a couple months feeling better. And he said it was a huge difference. And then also the song went on to do well. So yeah, I don't like to, you know, I definitely like to use new music that people might not have heard of. Yeah, I was curious, like, how do you, where do you go to find music these days? Um, Just because I feel like there's so much, I mean, there are so many places and... There's so much access, so much more access now than there was like when we were growing up, obviously. Uh, it can be overwhelming. I, you know, I definitely go down wormholes and I'll just be in the mood that I'll just sit and bank. Charlotte sends me music. Um, my sister-in-law, Leona Ness, who's a musician, she'll send me music. Some, you know, um, some people have my ear and can help, but then I'll just go down different wormholes and different, you know, I'll, t- I'll make a small playlist and see on Spotify. And also I get sent music from the labels. Right, of course. And yeah. fog though, going through. Sure. Everything. But then you'll hear one song, you're like, oh. But, th- uh, you know, sometimes those songs already hits before you even get to air and then I can't, u- I don't want to use them. Right, right of course. I just thought you go, that's an amazing song. And then. Oh, yeah. I mean, Birdie had picked out that, Lizzie McAlpine ceiling song that then became huge on TikTok and yeah. like, but, but months and months and months before, I Birdie know, was like, you're the coolest person. Yes, I told. Th- I was about to say, and then Birdie was like, "See, I picked it. I knew that <laughs> oh, was the one." I was like, cool. "Of course." Yeah, I I love it. It always gives me. Are you on like? Do you do Spotify mostly? Or are you on SoundCloud? Uh, I I usually am on Spotify, but if I can't. Find, I can usually find everything on Spotify. Yeah. I, I get them from other sources and then go back to Spotify to make all my playlists. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Do you have like an official channel that people can... I don't. I should. I should have, but you know, it would be on... on? Apple. It would be on Apple. Lizzie, you just got to organize me. I'm just not good at this. You should definitely have like... you. I use Apple... By the way, Krista, I use Apple Music. I use them all because they all, you know, like certain things you want from one thing and then another. Yeah, they, so. offer, they offer different... Yeah. When benefits. I'm banking music, I can't put it on that channel because 
what if I want to use the song? Right. <laughs> well, no, but I know, right. but, you've, but you've put so, but, but you've got, you have such a huge, you have such a huge catalog of songs that you've already, that have been from, from all the shows. You yeah, could do we it by show. You, we should make you playlists of things that you've already put on shows. Yeah. So that people, I would, I mean, listen, by the way, start with, have somebody do it. Like start with scrubs and move. And can you set up a channel on Apple? You can actually. Yeah, they have a thing to do playlists. But then also since your show is on Apple, I'm pretty sure they could do like they would do like a special thing for you. All right. So I'll sort that out. Yeah. It would be so fun. <laughs> We're giving her jobs to do. We're like, Krista, in your no, free time. I, like it. I, I agree. Busy well, helps with these things. Here's what I'm also going to say. I know Krista. She'll outsource. It's not going to be a job for Krista. <laughs> It's going to be a job for someone else, <laughs> right? That's I learned from the best, Casey. I really <laughs> learned from the best. I watched Krista Miller for seven years, and I was like, when I grow up, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know how to do things because she knows how to do things. The title of the book you want me to write? Um, things I Know That You Don't. If I Know That You Don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Because she knew so many things I didn't know. I was like a frazzled new mom. You were like an expert at being a mother and working and being on TV and and comedy and showing up for your friends. You were you knew how to do it all. So I really truly when some when people say to me, I want to be you when I grow up, I'm like, well, I just wanted to be Krista Miller. We had so much fun in that show. We really did. It was Happy amazing. This is my favorite, favorite person to work with. It's so professional, so funny, so good. By the way, I was doing, what's the, the name of your show that you've been recurring on this season? Single, Single Drunk, Drunk Female. female? Mm-hmm. Yes. I was doing um, an interview with a reviewer and um, lucky it was you so I could be happy. He was like, <laughs> you know, you know who should win an Emmy. And I'm like, who? And he goes, Busy Phillips. He goes, her work on that show is incredible. I'm like, she should win everything. Oh she should God, that's so nice. For anything that she ever does. He's like, she's so great on that show. It's the best she's ever. Like, he just went on and on. I was wow. so out and happy. Like, like I had coached you, even though I didn't. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you didn't not, you know. <laughs> No. Um, okay. So then let's talk about a pivot because I know you don't have t- so much time because you're really slamming it all in, Krista. You are doing it all. What? Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to know what a pivot is for you. Cause I, I, I know a few of, I'll help you if you don't, if you can't think okay. of anything. I can think of one, but I like, okay. to, I like to pivot a lot. I'm all about you know that moment when you're like something like something in your office or you're in a room and it's never worked. And then you're like, why didn't I just move that thing over there? And then my life would be so much easier. And I try to have that happen all the time. But I think my big pivot for work was um, I, you know, when I was in high school, I used to ride my bike and go to the neighborhood playhouse at night. And I was, you know, all into the dramatic you know, what was me, my childhood, listening to sad music, thinking of myself in sad movies and crying and blah, blah, blah. All it took was this. I One of my first jobs was on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Amazing. Yes. And they kept adding scenes for me. I'm like, oh, I'm, I am funny. And they had like great music playing. They were doing speed throughs before the thing. Will Smith was fun and lovely and like everyone, the whole audience was alive. And I'm like, what am I doing with trying to be 
crying all the time. This is the most fun. (laughs) I always say to Michelle, I don't know why you torture yourself for work. (laughs) Like, just go have a laugh. Like, go be silly and make other people laugh and make friends with the people you work with and make them laugh. Like, there's nothing quite like that joy. It's so joyful. I will say this, though, on shrinking, because we do have moments that just are tough. Yes. And it is, I really enjoyed that. You know, even though we bring in the laugh, because you do with, I'm, you know, a friend of mine's sister just died and still I'm making her laugh. I mean, you know, you're going to do that in even times. Yes. But I find to have a mix of the two that's so strong that that really has you know, that you have to be vulnerable and feel those feelings and then also be funny. That's been really fun for me. I love that. Yeah. I always think that the stuff, the comedy play is so much stronger when it's grounded, but that you've always been very grounded anyway. And when I look at past performances of yours, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like I always find you to be very grounded in your comedy. This on the... I think, um, you know, Cougar Town and Scrubs particularly was really broad. That's true. Scrubs does have a tendency to be. My character was just broad. It was, it was, that was so fun to be broad. And this this show feels more character-driven comedy. That's a little bit of a shift and learning. I'm trying to learn how to do that because sometimes you just, you want to be able to be really funny, you know where there's, but then it's like, that wouldn't fit the show. And it's been, so it's really interesting. I mean, I come home at night and I'm zooming because it's like, it was so it's thrilling to be on set. That's amazing. Krista, it's interesting that you talked about the broadness of your character on Scrubs because, and this is the real truth, I was a big fan of Scrubs. Um, your character was one of the first characters where I like, kind of keyed in on her and wondered what had happened in her life to make her the way that she was. And that's when it really like a light bulb went off in my head about like, oh, when you're writing for characters, like this is what they mean by backstory, not just like what happened in the past, not just a history, but like the way that the history informs who they are now. So you felt like it was broad and and the character was so, so, so funny. And you like, just went toe-to-toe with every single super funny person on that show. But I always really wondered, like, oh, I wonder, like, what her life was like. What made her like this, like this acerbic... Oh, I thought she was super damaged. Yeah. Came from a lot of trauma. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I had all... I think that's all... It was masking everything. The little moments that I could be vulnerable in Scrubs that came into play. I definitely thought, I thought she was the most damaged character I'd ever played. Gee, I wonder why I loved her. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) I mean, we'll we'll never figure it out. (laughs) Certainly not us. Izzy, what was your biggest pivot? I mean... Or what's a pivot that you had? Probably the talk show, like deciding to do that. Um, I think that was probably, that's up there. And then like our move to New York was so wild and such a pivot that I did not see coming. But I think it was the best thing for my kids and 
and for myself, because I, Mark and I've talked about it and like in, it's just sliding doors, right? Like, I don't know if we had stayed in Los Angeles, if we would have gotten divorced, you know, like, I don't know what would have happened, but it's just, I'm, I'm glad to be where I'm, where I am right now. You know, it's been a journey. Yes. Um, I really miss my friends in LA. And I miss just even like the opportunity to see my friends. Like if you were like, hey, let's meet. Although you guys are, you're in New York a fair amount. I've seen yeah, you. I I've seen you a lot. I see you, but I haven't been, I haven't been in a while. I haven't been in, in months. I'm in months. You were doing press and I was working when you were here doing press for sh- the first round of press for shrinking and I was shooting and everybody knows how busy I was when I was shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I think that the talk show <laughs> was definitely my biggest pivot. Maybe Casey's too, since it made you move to LA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had no intention of doing that. And then next thing I knew, that's where I was. And it changed my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. My kids are really surprising. I mean, Will's in New York now, but um, my kids are, are, are definitely LA kids. Although Henry wants to go East for college, but you know, we have such a big life here of sports and um, my kids, we were like a sport family. Yeah. Pickleball and nonsense and <gasps> tennis. And you play pickleball, the nation's hottest up and coming sport. Don't get the left behind. Number one growing game. Don't get left behind, Casey. I, wait, listen. I I haven't. It's imp- I mean, whatever. We'll talk about pickleball another time. You know what, Biz? Yeah, we we are building a get like the most beautiful guest house on our property. So then now when you come in. You're just gonna stay at a proper guest house. And yeah, stay and then just our house, and then and I'll then be just sleepy. and we'll do pickleball. I have to figure it out because I finally ended up playing tennis, and then the whole world turned to pickleball, and I was like, guys, one sport at a time for me. And <laughs> I've been a like tennis player tennis. forever. Yeah, I still like playing tennis, but pickleball is really fun. Bill though is like at Olympic level. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? He's at Olympic level. People ask him to play and he's like, I mean, are you at Olympic level? Are you at like someone who could be on a national team? He plays with John McEnroe. Oh my Lord. Come on. He's at a different situation. Oh my God. That's hilarious. I love it. Well, I think I'm going to, when I'm back, I might be back a little bit over the summer. So I'm going to hit you up. Um, Krista, I love you so much. What's the rest of your day? What are you doing? I'm doing, um, I have to answer questions for the Television Academy. Yes. Favorite, favorite um, TV characters of all time. Nice. And then I might do some rock work. I feel like there's some rock work that needs to (laughs) be. Okay, I'm sorry. Before I let you go. Yeah, can we elaborate on the rocks? We need to talk about the rock work. Uh-huh. So when did this start? I've always, when I was growing up, you know, we had a, we had a house in the country and then I had got a rock tumbler one time for Christmas and I was obsessed with it. I just, even the smell of it, I loved it, brought back memories of me. And we'd go to the city during the week and then I'd come back and dump the thing and start the new rock tumbler. And then I always picked up rocks and shells and things like that. But then, um... I don't know. I just was like, Tumblr. I love tumbling. I must have seen it Wait, somewhere. Was this during the pandemic? It was way before the pandemic. But then 
I started getting honing my thing in. And so I, I love agates because they're, they, yeah, they're, they're best. Like when you're done. And then, so I have a calving machine, my backyard, you, right outside my house. Cause uh, now I don't care. It is, I have a calving machine. So I calve them before they go in the tumbler. Cause the more I have a saw, it makes Zach Rapp so nervous. He thinks I'm going to cut my finger off, but I don't think it cuts your finger. I have a wet saw to cut rocks. That's what yeah. I saw on your Instagram the other day. Yes. Was the wet saw I saw you cutting the rocks. Yeah. And so, and so, but I have to tell you, I mean, I love rocks too. I'm from Arizona. But I, but when we worked together, you did not tumble rocks then. No, no. It was after Cougar Town. It yeah. was started with tumbling and then it just kind of progressed and then it got into agates. And then because agates, they're just so beautiful when, and then to find them. Like I have little places in LA, you can find agates here. Wow. And so do you go out like hunting for rocks? Yes. yes. I go and I make people come. But so, and some people really turn, they get obsessed with it. But Kelly, you know, Kelly, she'll come with me. And we've like found the most incredible agates. I should have um, brought some up here before just so I could show you the beautiful agates, but they're not, they're downstairs. so fun. What a hobby. And glass jars and like so, they're all different colors. You don't know that. I, I told you the agates that, sh- that I found at the yeah. place Charlotte did the photo yeah. shoot at. Yeah. And how about this one? They're de- they're demolishing the house, which means, and it's built like on lava rock, which do you know what, what I'm going to find there if they demolish the house? I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with myself. Wait. Okay. Will you send me a picture of some of the agates so that I can post them? Yes. yes. And can I, I ask, really, what do you do with all of your rock creations? A lot of them you think are going to be great, and then maybe they're not great. So I tumble them, and then I have these antique glass jars in my windowsill in my bathroom, and I pick the good ones and put them there. I also, you know, my my kids' friends always want to pick out an agate, Aww. and I'll dump the whole thing on the bed, and they go and see which one feels like it speaks to them. There, I, Charlotte has friends will be on it in Japan, in Paris, and say, "Look, I have your rock with me." Oh, that's cute. I could busy if you came, if you and Casey came over. You would let you. You definitely could earn a rock. Well, I would hope so. I love rocks. You know me. And then yeah. they kind of wrote this into your character on shrinking, right? Yeah, Bill just put it in, and then and then. Um, that is is definitely a fun thing to have on the show. But now next season, I'm going to have to get them to have a, a better setup for me. You need a like higher reality rock you, setup. I can only imagine where you just like, guys, this is not, this isn't right. This oh, isn't I had, right. I was like, this doesn't work. And then yeah. it got a little better. But the problem is you can't, it's so loud. It's not like you can do it and be on camera and say dialogue. <laughs> right. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so the saw is too loud. The cabbing machine is loud too. Like, you know, it's not when you cut. You know what? When you come busy, if yeah. I show what I do, that's like meditate. You will be obsessed. I'm in. I'm in. I, I want to know. I want to start tumbling rocks. You know, I love rocks. Oh. And you know the business that Bill always makes fun of me for. So there's this one uh, like mineral that you can find at one place. It's like an hour away. It's where they shot every Dateline episode. I just I oh you take your life in your own hands to go to this place. Oh like it's it's around. But it's this stuff called Howlite and it's soft. Oh, I know Howlite. Yeah. And you can make, um, Bill calls them almost hearts because I'll carve them with the Dremel. Like I'll cut them and then I'll carve them with the Dremel, Dremel and then I'll tumble them and they're almost hearts because they're a little lopsided. But people like almost hearts. Oh my God. I want an almost heart. That sounds beautiful. And, yeah. 
I love it. Oh my gosh, you're so um, you have like a billion talents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's got that's I why I want to be her when I grow up. <laughs> Thank you. No. I want to be busy. I want to have busy's nose. <laughs> I mean, Krista. Nose and to be able to never wear makeup and always is beautiful. It's so annoying. I, I find mean, it very- a little. <laughs> it's just annoying. Well, I love you so much. I'm so happy to see your little face. I'm going to come back to LA in a little bit and then you'll be out here and we'll see each other. We're going to see each other this summer. I'm, I'm, I feel like we have a thousand things to discuss. Well, we have a lot to discuss, but we can't do it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because even though, in spite of the fact that people think that I share everything, I don't. No, no, <laughs> I know you don't. And I really don't. <laughs> and you really don't. No, nope. she already said she doesn't love gossip, guys. Yep. Um, all right. I love you, Krista. Love you. Casey, it was good to see you again. Nice to see you. Thanks for hanging out with us for a little while on your busy day. Thank you. And thank you for your kind words. I appreciate it. You're the best, Krista. Thank you. Love you. Love you so much. Bye. Bye. You know what Lumi's got? What? Lumi's got new scents. No sense, cause the sun is shining and now it's time for the new sense. The new sense. Mint cucumber. Oh, soft powder. Oh, that's my favorite. I Yeah, that. I want to smell like a Cabbage Patch Kid. A hundred percent. Guys, you've heard us talking about Lumi. Lumi was created by an OBGYN who discovered and proved in clinical testing that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt. So she developed Lumi. It's a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant. It's aluminum-free, skin-safe, clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours anywhere you need to put it. Anywhere. Anywhere you want to put it. Whole body deodorant, guys. Under your boobs, between your boobs, in your pits, in your crack, in your vag, side of your leg, or feet. Your feet. I put it on one of my children's feet. I'm not going to say which one, <laughs> but I did it. I did it. And it is clinically Anywhere. proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. I mean, and listen, we can get into it. This OBGYN created it. It's formulated and powered by Mendelic acid. Okay, whatever. That's, it's like, listen... This isn't for us. The science behind it. We need to know, yeah. All we need to know is that it's aluminum-free, baking soda-free, paraben-free, and pH-balanced for safe use below the belt. I love it. I love (laughs) all the products. I really do. I really love that whole body deodorant. I really love the stick deodorant too, like just the regular stick. Yes, I, I love the, yes, I love the stick, the tube, and I love the body wash. I love it all. I love the body wash too. And I got to try it all out because I got the Lumi starter pack, which is perfect for new customers because it comes with the solid stick deodorant, the cream tube deodorant, and Same. then two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes. Guys with preteens or teenagers out there, highly recommend deodorant wipes and just throwing them yeah. in that backpack. Guys, just highly recommend that. Um, (laughs) Plus free shipping. And for a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code BEST at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit 
lumideodorant.com and use our code BEST. It's Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant.com and use our code BEST. Support, get it, for today's episode? <laughs> get it? Get it? Do you get it? Oh I do get God. it. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Guys, the reviews are in. Honey Love came out on top for the best wedding day shapewear. Here's what I'm going to tell you. This is why I love this shapewear. This yeah. is why when they sent it over to me and I put it on, I was like, okay, I can get down with this. Because I really, I kicked shapewear to the curb a couple of years ago because I was like, nope, it's too tight, hurts me, I get gassy, I don't like it. Right. But then there are certain like skirts that I wear that first of all, it would be nice if I didn't have like underwear lines and it was just a little smoother. Right. And secondly, you know, I sweat and like... It's nice to have one layer of like something so that I'm like not sweating on my skirt, you know? Right. Yeah. And so then Honey Love sent over their like revolutionized compression technology shapewear. And I love it. Yeah. Because it's I, really, it's like, you it's, feel like sucked in, but yeah, not squeezed. No, not squeezed. It's targeted compression. And it distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. And their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection, which you know is what I complain about all the time because I'm a child of the 90s, without (laughs) squeezing your natural curves, which I like to show off because, you know, I'm a child of the 90s. Anyway, (laughs) it's designed to work with your body, not against it. You don't feel like you're like squeezing yourself around and just gives you really nice clean lines. I love it. Right. I love the superpower short, mostly because it doesn't roll down. Like, Mm -hmm. that's a huge problem for me. I know I'm not alone. This stuff, it doesn't roll down. And it doesn't roll up either. So... Also, we've all all been there in the the bathroom trying to take off a tight piece of shapewear so you can pee. Um, You missed the whole whole party. Yeah. This shapewear has um, 100% cotton gusset, so you can just forget about extra underwear. It has a little convenient opening in the panty area. You just pee it out. No costume change (laughs) required. Easy to do, easy access. But they also have more than just the sculpt where we're talking about. They've got incredibly comfortable bras and tank tops and leggings. And guys, Honey Love is just as easy to put on as it is to take it off. Shapewear shouldn't be hard. And their products make you look and feel good. We love them whether it's for a wedding or an event or just like, you know, a skirt that you want to like look smooth and right. not sweat through. Right. That's how, you know, it's just perfect. So treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with the code BEST20. Use code BEST20 at honeylove.com. Guys, honeylove.com, BEST20. Krista Miller was so great. I do want a she rock from her. She was the best. I, re- I want to try to, when you're in town, can we go by your house and see if she'll let us pick out rocks? Yes. Okay. I, would I love like that she that. was like, I've been into this for so long. I'm like, Krista, <laughs> like, wait, do you remember that? I really know you. <laughs> I do oh not remember God. this rock well, maybe situation. she kept it private before. Maybe it was like a, a private thing. And now she's you like. No, no, it seems like it's, I think it's been like more in recent 
She did say it was after yes. Cougar Town. Yes, after she Cougar did say Town. That. So, yeah. Well, um, I loved her. Uh, what else is going on? What are you doing your best at this week? Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, you drove through like a fucking torrential storm to make sure cold cuts got to a whale watch memorial service. Like, to be fair, I did not drive the cold cuts from New York. No, I know, but you were like trying to meet <laughs> the cold cuts. You know, you were trying to. I had to, to meet those. I was trying to make sure that there was. You're trying to meet the meat. I was trying to take care of what I could take care of for you. Um, but also, just, I, it was very important for me to be there for you. And I. Yeah, I mean, what am I doing about? Well, I went, I don't know. I went to the doctor yesterday and, um, yeah, and I had been sort of like, it's a longer, I don't know if we, I don't know if I want to get into it right now, but I think everything will be okay. You went to, you had something that wasn't right and well, you went to the doctor. No, it's still like, okay, so, you know, we've talked about my nodules on my thyroid. Yeah. And how I was going to do the ablation thing. Mm-hmm. Have we talked about that? Yeah. Um. So then my doctor, my doctor, who I love here. So I had talked to a, a male surgeon. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I had this other woman that I found through him. He referred me to her. Okay another surgeon and I saw her and we talked about the ablation and then she called me because I was going to do it like soonish. Okay. And then she called me and was like, I want you to go see this other doctor at Columbia who's like the number one doctor in the country for doing this procedure. Sounds good. Um, Because your case is a little tricky and I just want you to go see her. And, and I think she should do it, but I'll be there. I'll come if you want me to. And I was like, okay. Okay. Interesting. Weird. So then I had this appointment for Monday. That was yesterday. And I was like, I almost canceled it because like, do you know how far away Columbia is? How far is it? It's like in the hundreds. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of far. It's like above Harlem. Right. I don't know. It just seemed like a lot. And Emily was here. Yeah. She was leaving, I don't know, and I'd been driving a lot. So, but I didn't. And so I'm proud of myself for that. Good. And then she really explained to me in ways that I have never, no, not in this last several years of my thyroid situation with the nodules, no one has ever fully explained to me, which is that, like, you know, they needle biopsy the nodules on your thyroid uh-huh. and they can come back malignant or they can come back ma- benign. Right. But mine have come back with something else consistently called herthal cells. Okay. Which are cells that are in your thyroid. You find them in th- but it's just not necessarily benign, nor is it necessarily cancer. Right. They're weird cells. Right. And so for this ablation thing, previously, like if you had these, if you had these cells and your nodules got to the size that mine are now, they would, 
they would just take take them out surgically. Right. And even though this ablation surgery procedure, it's not a surgery. The ablation procedure has been around since 2000 worldwide. They never have been doing, they haven't been doing ablation on herthal cell nodules, only right. on the totally benign totally nodules. Benign, yes. And instead, when it gets to where mine are at, with the Herthel cells, they just remove your thyroid or half your thyroid and the nodules with them. Because, right. guys, I'm going to explain this to you now. If you didn't know, Casey knows a lot about this. <laughs> um, you know how your thyroid is like a butterfly that wraps around your neck. Nodules aren't like grapes or something that are like growths that are like on the outside of your thyroid. It's all, they're all like interwoven into the tissue of the thyroid. So they right. can't like just can't remove just a nodule. Chop it off. Right. No, because the nodule they they literally have to take out half of your thyroid. Right. So here's the thing. If I want to try the ablation, there's a couple things. Number one, I would be put into a clinical study because they're trying to see what will happen. Okay. <laughs> if you have herthal cells and you do the ablation, but number two if they're cancerous herthal cells or if it's or if it's if they're not whatever i don't even know if yeah. they're if it is cancer the ablation won't work and then they'll i'll have to get my thyroid removed anyway wow because then it would be can because then it's cancer but the percentage of the herthal cell it's like less than 6% are cancerous. Yeah. And there are a bunch of different okay. factors that they look at. Like if it doesn't come back malignant, right? right. And you have these herthal cells, which are like bizarro cells that aren't right. exactly benign, that aren't benign. Right. It's like They're a Schrodinger's cells. cells. Like it is a hundred percent. That's it's Schrodinger's nodules. <laughs> and, and the truth is, like that's why that's why I go get my thyroid ultrasounded right. and checked right. and measure and the nodules measured because what they're looking for is rate of growth. Right. And, and mine if, so so far, like, and if it were I mean, it could be cancer still. Right. But if it but the probability is if it were cancer, it would have been growing at a different rate than right. what it has been growing. Right. But that being said, they have been growing Somewhat, and in a way. Impeding, like, your comfort. And impeding on my throat. Here's the thing. My my thyroid function is totally good. And always, ha like, my levels are good. Good. And everything's been good. So the concern with taking out half my thyroid is then that, like, well, first of all, no, wait. So the concern would be that the other half of my thyroid won't rise to the occasion right. and make enough thyroid right. hormones and then I'll have to like fuck with that and that'll right. be like a whole journey, right? right? That's number one. Number two is that it's surgery and that's scary always, but it is it is what it is, but it's yeah. surgery. Um, but the benefit would be that they would be able to do like enough pathology to know whether or not it's cancer. Right for sure. And if it is cancer, then they would go back in and take out the other half of my thyroid. EM thyroid cancer is pretty much well contained right. 
to kind that. of cancer, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that would be the hope. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, at this moment in history, all bets are off. Fucking, dude, do you remember that the UFOs landed? Like, oh, there were unidentified flying objects not that <laughs> right, long ago. Right. We're just, you know, where are oh we at? What God. is next? Dinosaur. I mean, it's actually, I think it's Jurassic Park is next. Yeah. Is what I think. Yes. Or yes. the dinosaurs come back to life or um, Bigfoot. Maybe both. Maybe all. All of Loch Ness. Yeah. Something. Something. I was thinking, Emily and I were saying that if you were like a fucking pilgrim <laughs> and you saw those humpback whales and the way that they go, it really does look like it, a monster. It does look like a monster. It really does. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> so, you're just sorting anyway, all this out. So your thyroid. Anyway, the positioning of my nodules is really complicated. Right. And the posterior one now is the one that obviously is causing me like... <laughs> Like, right, right. <laughs> like all this, which was bothering you. Pressure, because it's literally like you can see in the ultrasound, it's like pushing against my esophagus, vocal cords, and my, and the nerve that's right there. Yeah. And so what she said is like, I can't, <laughs> she was like the knee doctor that I loved. The third, do- it's always the third doctor for me. <laughs> she was like, I can't tell you what to do because it's totally up to you, you know? Yeah. I'm just telling you what the options are and I'm telling you how I would proceed if I were to do either one of these things, right? So she's like, if you chose to do the ablation, knowing that like there's a percentage of a chance that like it could be cancer and then in September or whatever, when we go in and we look, if it looks weird, then it's like, okay, well, that's what it is, you know? Right. Um. But if you choose to do the ablation, I think we only do it on the top nodule because the lower one is just too close and like pushing again. And she's like, I'm right next to that nerve or whatever. And so she was like, I would do the ablation on the top nodule. We'll see how well it works. Hopefully it will work in best case scenario. It works well. Yeah. And then it frees up because it's like sort of, it's pushing down on the posterior nodule, which is causing, she's like, one of two things could happen when it, 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 in the best case scenario, it like shrinks enough that it like releases that pressure. And then the lower nodule is like, doesn't, then it doesn't bother me anymore. And then we don't even have to do anything to the lower nodule. Okay. Or it frees up enough space so that it's like not so close to all of these like important things that we don't want to fuck up. Right. <laughs> so she could, so they could go in and like, they do some weird, I don't know, they like put water, I don't even fucking know. They they flush water around it. And so it like okay. sort of like floats off. Yeah. If it has room. Yeah. Floats off of the esophagus vocal cord nerve thing and then oh. they can do the ablation that way. Oh, okay. But it All doesn't right. have any room right now right. because it's like it's squished. Too close, yeah. So anyway, or I could just be like, no, I want to know that it's definitely not cancer and that I, that, and there's no, you know, and just right. do the surgery. Right. But I talked to Mark about it last night and Emily Beebe. Now I'm talking to you about it. Yeah. And every time I say it, I'm a little bit like, I'm, I think I'm just going to do the ablation on the top one. 
I'm going to do it. I think it's a good decision. Like next week. Yeah. I think it's a good decision. It's something you've been living with. I'm happy to hear, because we haven't really ever talked about this, that your thyroid is functioning really well. Mine was not function. Like mine was almost kaputsky. Well, you know what's interesting, Casey? Now that we're just in this conversation, guys, I hope yeah. this is interesting to you. If not, we can just turn it off. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, is that I have a good friend who was just also same thing, like diagnosed with some sort of cancer in the thyroid. Yeah. And the doctor's like, we're kind of just not doing anything now with this. Wow. That's really interesting. Like, yeah. They're like, we're just looking, we're just going to monitor it. We're just going to watch it. Huh. It's not really, we're not going to do huh. any treatment yet. Interesting. And because I guess it just stays so contained or whatever. Yeah. The only thing is like my mind is like, so my thyroid nodules are so uncomfortable now. Right. And they're getting so bad. I mean, you can literally see them in my neck like when I They do stretch. get big. Yeah. Mine you could see. That's how I figured. That, that's how I went to the doctor in the first place to get it looked at. It was really scary. But yeah, I was, I was lucky. I take... Um, thyroid hormone. Like I'll take it for the rest yeah. of my life. And I instantly felt better once I started taking that. Like I felt like better than I had in so long. I just feel like it's interesting. Like, I don't know. No one had taken the time to like really explain any of this to me. In, Isn't it shocking? Like, yes, it, it's so shocking when you're just like, oh, thank you for like, I can understand this. You yeah, know? and it's it's like literally not like after she explained it to me, it was like not that difficult. I mean, it really was not hard for me to understand. Right. And right. it's weird because I was thinking about the last like time I had the needle biopsy in 21 was when the woman, like the pathologist was like, oh, this is weird. And right. then I got like, I was very nervous. And then they were just like, no, it's fine. But I never, no one ever explained to me why it was weird or what it meant or what the Herthel cells could be or right. what they probably, I mean, you know, they probably aren't. But like, again, you have to know if you're the type of person that like, will I be okay right. not knowing for a period right. of time? Because and it definitely is not coming back. Like, there's no way with the Herthel cells that they right. can tell from the needle biopsies. They have to take the whole thing out and like really do the pathology of it because right. that's the way that this kind of thing works. But this was the other thing I was going to say that I think is important is that part of how the doctor yesterday was explaining it to me was she was like, this is a little bit like could be, this is like inflammation too. Like oh, she's interesting. like, if you're like people that have inflammation. Yeah. It can be, it can affect these nodules in your thyroid oh, wow. and these cells. Isn't huh. that fucking nuts? Anyway, it, I think we all is, have inflammation. That's what I think too. And like, you know, now I'm like, <laughs> my doctor's trying, telling me like to do lymphatic draining massage on myself. It's my favorite. Um, wait, you got to go get them done. I mean, but I'm supposed to do it every day. So I guess I better learn how to do it myself or whatever. But I'm like, is this like, is that it? We're just walking around inflamed our whole lives. We're all inflamed. Okay, don't get mad at me. You need to finally fucking invest in a mini trampoline. <laughs> I have because, one. Wait, okay. So then you just have to, 
You know that that is natural lymphatic drainage. Do you know that? Sounds good. So you don't have to even do my whole workout thing. You can just like, you can bounce on it. Look it up. Like look up how, because I think it's, I don't know how many minutes a day it is in order to like help with lymphatic drainage, but I think it's like 15 or something like that. I can do that. But literally, I, it's interesting. I also wonder, huh, that's interesting. Anyway, the point of the inflammation thing is that I think that we're all inflamed. Yes. Why wouldn't we be? Why wouldn't we be? My God, my God, why wouldn't we be? She said something interesting. So like 65% of people get these nodules on their thyroid. Right. Um, majority of them are women. Right. Which is and, why probably the information is sketchy. Right. And you know, I'm still pissed that my stomach, like tummy tuck wouldn't be covered by insurance. But if I were a man, I'm sure it would be. Yeah, probably. Oh, for sure. Like if, a, if men like gave birth, daddy makeovers would be like 100% covered 100%. by all insurance. 100. Fucking stupid. Anyway. Oh, she was saying, sorry. So after, so 65% of women have them or 65% of people have them. The majority of them are women. They tend to get sort of more prominent or grow or whatever after hormonal events like pregnancies, Mm -hmm. menopause, or after like great, a great deal of stress, like maybe the last few years. Right, right. I guess she said that they're seeing a huge... Um, influx of people with nodules <gasps> since 2020. Oh my God. Yeah. That's and it's wild. it's literally from stress. So guys, I think that the, here's what I'm going to say. You know what I'm doing my best at? What? Figuring it all the fuck out. Yeah. Figure it out. That's it. It's right in I'm just going to figure there. it the fuck out. It's in there. It's right in there. Your throat is so important to you. <laughs> I mean, to me especially. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like, you just got to figure it out. And like, luckily, I'm just glad to hear that like you got information and that they gave you options and, you know, because it, it, ha- it isn't always like that. And it's, no. kind, it's kind of wild. But here's the other thing I just want to again reiterate to people too. Please, I know insurance is a fucking nightmare. I, I know that... Me- that doctors are expensive. I know it takes a long time to get into doctors. Please try to see more than one doctor when you have a thing happening. Right. Don't just go with the first fucking person's opinion about the best way to treat your thing and what your thing even is. Because or if you know something's wrong and they tell you that it's it's nothing. You're fine. Keep going. Just keep fucking going because it is staggering to me the stories in recent times that I have been a firsthand witness to, including myself, of just like taking the first doctor's word for it and then proceeding and it maybe not being the best move for you. Right. And I think that like, yeah, we just have to be really aware of... um, the fact that like doctors are humans and and we are humans too. And we we know our bodies better than anyone. Right. Yeah. They're an expert in like an overview of all of this yeah. stuff. You're an expert in yourself. I mean, and the truth is, because like she, 
I love that she said, you know, the same thing essentially that like the knee doctor, the third knee doctor had said to me, which is like, there's no perfect answer for you. Right. It's like really comes down to you and your gut and like, what is it that you want to do right now? Right. And how do you want to proceed? And like, I'm here to like help you with that. Like, right. however you decide. And when I really think about it, like in my gut, I feel like it's not cancer. I just don't think it is. Yeah. And I think the ablation thing will be fine. I'm going to just like do it that way because I also am just like, yeah, you should know. Well, I have to do something because it's yeah, like you have to do something a, a bummer. And like, yeah, and you should find out like what, you know, what's up. And yeah, but you also have the benefit of having like favorable, very favorable statistics on your side. That's and, right. And you know, either way, even whether it's cancer or no, very favorable statistics on your side. So, but you we know. won't know like the thing is, once I do this ablation, then I won't really, we won't really be able to know or check or see for a few months. Cause, right. But the, I'm okay with that because yeah. I really actually don't think it's cancer. Right. And you've been living um, with it for a long time too. I have been. Um, but yeah, it's just like, God, if it's not one thing, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just glad you're taking care of it. That's really good, but... It's your body is really always giving you a run for your money. Yeah. And I think I'm maybe at the point where I'm like, okay, I've got to start doing this. Like, I got to like get real about, you know, not like no inflammation diet vibes and yeah, no wine. Like, yeah. I know, I know, but I love it. I, I like drinking it. It's hard. It is. And then I just like, it's stupid. It shouldn't be, you know, like I should just be like, but I do have a weird thing about deprivation. Deprivation is never my favorite. Yes. Well, did I tell you about, I'll tell it really quick. Like my husband works on his feet all day. He runs around. It's like a very physical job. He was limping literally every day when he came home and he was going to the uh, doctor and you know, I hate this more than anyone telling you this. Getting examined by the podiatrist, getting cortisone shots in his foot because that was the only way he could walk. And uh, like all kinds of like orthotics and all these things. And like, and it just would get better for a little while and then not be okay again. And like, there's nothing he can do. Like he has to be on his feet. There's no other choice. And so I was like, just for the heck of it, why don't you give up sugar for a couple days and see if there's any improvement? Because he is like you, Busy. He loves candy, loves treats. He gave up sugar for like a week and he was like, it's basically better. Like it's basically Honey, gone. you already told me this and I've been <laughs> ignoring it. And now you've brought it up a second time and I feel like... You feel attacked. Well... I feel like we know what what is about to and ha- what's happening in my future. It's just going to be hard. It's just going to be fucking hard for me. But I I'm willing to do it, you know. But it's just I know it's going to be fucking hard because I love sugar. You know what? You know how many gummy things I ate on that. But this is a good time you, for me to quit sugar charter, because it's the summer. Yes, yes, it's perfect. Charter a boat. We'll go out. We'll go out to sea, and I'll I'll be with you when you throw sugar overboard. <laughs> Oh my God, Casey, no. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> um, what 
I mean, I know what you're doing your best at this week, but what do you think? Just everything. It's just, it's like, it is like everything, everywhere, all at once. A great movie. That's what I feel like my life is right now. Like I'm just trying to take each individual piece of a life and consider it and then put it in its most best place. And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to get everything right. And there are going to be some choices that I will probably question in the future, but that's just what I have to do. And, you know, and I also have to remember there's so many things where I'm like, if I let this go, I'll regret it in the future. And then I'm thinking about like, there are so many things from my past that are missing to the winds of time already. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah, same. Also, by the way, can I just tell you this? I was really, really sad that my mom had given away my big bird cake pan when they moved right. out of my like childhood home. Right. She found that shit on eBay. <laughs> I have a big bird cake pan. She gave it to me for my birthday. And then I like cried because it was like the most magical, special thing. Right. Chrissy B. Chrissy gave me my, gave me the squirrel family log with the little squirrel family. Yes, remember it was in I my remember. office at Busy Tonight? Yes. Because I was so sad that my mom had given that toy away. Right. And so, again, yeah. guys, we got, this is the thing we got, we have Etsy, we've got eBay. You can find it or also you, you can, can find just, a like, lot. You can just find it in your mind and remember it and remember that you loved it, but it's okay that you don't have it physically there I know, but I like physically having it with (laughs) me because you know that's who I am. Yes, I know. I know. But yeah, for me, I think there's something to just being like, yeah, that was like a great prom dress, but like I don't have it anymore, but I have this picture of myself in it. Like I don't need to keep everything because I do feel like the psychological burden of stuff and like Mm. mess and like, and I do get overwhelmed. So like it is very easy for me to see how someone can get overwhelmed by just the fact that like mail comes every day and you have to open it and figure out what to do with it. And like once you start to have like a little breakdown... Uh, of that system, then, you know, then it all kind of can break down and I don't want that to happen. So I'm just trying to figure out like, yeah, who can use this and who belongs here and what belongs there. And it's a lot, but like, again, I'm certainly not the first person who's ever gone through this. And so I know that I will get through it. And I'm just really grateful to, you know, everybody who has offered to help and who has been there. My high school cheerleading coach was on I that know. boat. That was so sweet. And her husband. It was and so like sweet. It was so sweet. Tracy, Tra- was so sweet. Tracy, Tracy, Lacey, Caroline, Jason, all my family, my Uncle Timmy, my Aunt Tina, my Aunt Lisa, my cousin Shannon, my cousins Clint and Scott and, uh, you know, all their kids and even like my cousin's wife's sister was there, you know, so like just all these people like, yeah, just the that's the important thing, you know, my friend Michelle and... Uh, my friend Teresa from college, my friend Mark from college were there. And those are like so much more important than like, what do I do with this like photograph that I have like a dozen other similar photographs or whatever. If it doesn't make it to my final destination, it's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just have to keep remembering that like if it, if something's ruined, that happens a lot. I know you've had that happen. Something precious to you has gotten ruined 
And it sucks. It's really hard. It's really painful. Um, But it's also like, well, the, the, loving and pleasant memory that you have of that thing isn't ruined. It's just the physical, the physical thing. And I think like maybe it's even a little easier, like after someone special to you or someone very close to you dies, because that's all you have. You are never going to have the physical thing. The physical thing is like literally ruined, you know? Right. And, and so, you know, you're never going to have that thing again. So you just, so like, what the fuck about a sweater or whatever, you know? Like, it's true. It's all just stuff. It's all just stuff. I'm trying to just, just live through and breathe through. It's all just stuff. (sighs) Another t-shirt, guys. We got a lot of (laughs) t-shirts out of today. And And then you have um, so many t-shirts and you will never be able to get rid of them all. (laughs) You can't get rid of those fucking t-shirts, but you know. Oh my gosh. Um, it's all just stuff. It's all just stuff. And it'll it it will be okay. Hmm. Well, on that note, guys, we love you so much. We do love you. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll talk Oop. to you really soon. We'll talk to you so soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.